Okay, looks like I'm live. Let me make sure y'all can see me and hear me. Where are my people? Where are my late? Where is my ladies and my princes and my queens? Let's see if it connects here. Can y'all see me? Next here. All right. It looks like I'm officially live. Hey, everybody. It's been a long time coming, honey. Yeah. <laughs> y'all know I had to dress up for the party. Y'all know I never miss an occasion to get dressed up. I hope you guys are doing good today. It is me, Lady T. Okay. Got my little crown on and everything else. And got my little olden day Game of Thrones outfit. I hope you guys like it. I was seeing some dope outfits in the Game of Thrones room on Discord. So shout out to Scully B. Shout out to Apple. Um, Scully B went all out, honey. She had a little Aria outfit on. So thank you guys so much for coming through. Shout out to all y'all. Yes, honey. The mother of purple, the spiller of tea. Okay. So I've been wanting to do this for a while. I got into Game of Thrones about two months ago when I was fasting and I just decided to, you know, check it out. I have always heard about it. I tried to watch it a few years ago, but it's one of those shows you can't do anything. You have to literally sit there and watch it like back in the day when we had no distractions. So no laptops, no cell phones. You have to literally just pay so much attention because there's so many things going on. And so Watching the show, like it, it was just amazing. And it's even more amazing how a lot of this show still translates into things that's going on in modern society. But this show was one of the best written shows that I've ever watched. One of the best shot shows as far as like a television show, the cinematography. Um, I mean, it was just crazy how um, how much work they put into this. Not just the actors, not just the writing, but just the shooting. I've never watched a show where I literally felt like I was in the battle, where I'm like ducking, you know, because I'm thinking a sword is coming at me. And there's just so many angles, you know, um, it was just really, really well produced and I really loved it. So I want to come on here, like I told you guys, once I got done watching this show and I finished about two weeks ago, um, I wanted to have a Game of Thrones party where we just come for the Game of Thrones fans, call in, we're going to talk, we're going to discuss. Um, it was a very big emotional roller coaster for me. And thank goodness I had my my ladies, okay, who had my back, who I could call and just talk to about the stuff and how I was feeling because there's certain episodes that just take you through like an emotional whirlwind. So it was a lot to take in. Um, let's see here. Shakoya Cox, thank you for the super sticker, sis. I appreciate it. So yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and get started. We got people calling in. I have my panel of ladies I'm gonna be talking to. Um, the call only holds up to 12 people. So as I'm rotating people, feel free to try and get in. Um, I know it's a lot of people trying to call in at once. So, but I posted the information uh, for the YouTube members, the Patreon and the Discorders. So just, you know, try and get in as you can. If not, feel free to talk in the chat. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get the discussion popping, honey. And thank you guys so much for joining me. So let me go ahead and bring on Lady Noir. So she is one of the guests here. Hey, ma'am. 
Hey, how you guys doing? I'm Man, looking forward I'm to this. <laughs> I am so excited. Let me also bring on um, Lady Rejoice. It's coming. Hey. Through. Hey, and which character are you, Lady Rejoice? Aria. Aria. Okay, I love it. I love it. And then let me go ahead and bring on Lady Emily. Hey, Emily, how are you? Hey, Emily, she went all the way there. I love it. Now, yeah, what character are you? Emily. What character uh, are you? I'm just of the red face. I didn't want to be Melisandre, but, you know, I'm one of them red witches. My little okay. Necklace. I'm trying to get my little necklace on. We'll deal with it later. <laughs> all right. I love it. <laughs> so it was a lot going on um, in Game of Thrones. So we're just gonna we're gonna go season by season. So if there's a particular season that you guys you know like or want to wait till we get to and want to call in, definitely feel free to do that. So let's start with season one. Um, in season one, I'm gonna go ahead and just kind of read a synopsis of season one. So in season one, um, we start off in the continent of Westeros. And the Warden of the North, um, Ned Stark, becomes the Hand of the King uh, to King Robert Baratheon. When North's son, Bran, stumbles upon Queen Cersei having intimate relations, I'm going to go ahead um, and mute your microphone, Emily, because it's kind of loud in the background. Okay, there we go. Her microphone's kind of loud. So let me go ahead and um, finish here. So... Um, Bran stumbles upon Queen Cersei and Sir Jamie. They're basically twins and they're having relations. And so Jamie attempts to kill Bran by throwing him um, out the window, but he only succeeds in crippling Bran. So then um, Ned ends up moving to King's Landing, which is the capital of the Seven Kingdoms, and discovers that Robert Baratheon's heir, Prince Joffrey, and his siblings were in fact... Um, ancestrally fathered by Jamie. And so when King Robert dies, Ned does not recognize Joffrey as the rightful heir and he's executed. Ned's bastard son, Jon Snow, joins the Night's Watch, an ancient brotherhood sworn to watch over the massive wall in the north, which separates the seven kingdoms from the hostile tribes known as the Wildlings. And also the mythological humanoid creatures known as the White Walkers in the continent of Estos. The exile uh, versus Targaryen, son of King Ares, who, who was deposed by King Robert, marries off his sister, Daenerys, to the Dorthraki warlord called Drago. In exchange for an army to return and take over Westeros, eventually Drogo is killed and versus and Drogo later Verses and Drogo later dies himself. Um, after Drogo dies, Daenerys manages to hatch the three, the three dragon eggs. So that is basically a synopsis of season one. And so season one to me was, at first it kind of started slow, but then by episode three, it really picked up. So a few of my favorite things in season one is that's how I got to like find out more about Tyrion, Tyrion Lannister, who ended up being one of my favorite characters. And in that episode of Cripples, Bastards, and Broken Things, you kind of get to know more about him. Um, at first, you think he's kind of arrogant. You know, he's, you know, really high up in stature, even though he's short. Um, but he says that he really cares about, you know, 
cripples, bastards, and broken things. And he ends up making Bran a saddle. So that was one of my favorite parts of season one. Um, and then just really watching the Dorthrakis and watching like how they got down and being introduced to Daenerys is what I thought was really um, interesting as well. So what do you ladies think about season one? Like, what was y'all's favorite part? Like, just, you know, coming into season one. Oh, man. I know for me, I have to be honest with you. I was introduced to the series maybe the fourth episode of season one. And at first I kind of dismissed it. I was like, I don't have time for this, you know. But I went back and I watched it and I was just so taken by the story because there was so many like historical references in it. So that's what got for me. And now for me, I need something that's like, makes me think and to go deep in a story that can go in like so many different directions, make me think, you know, and that's what got for me. So season one was this whole like labyrinth of introducing the characters and letting you know who's what. So it's a really good place to start. And they did it really good to try to adapt the book to the series. Yeah, and I think it kind of just started off with like a whirlwind because that's when we're first, we don't know what they are, but that's when we're first kind of seeing the Nightwalkers as well, which was like really yeah. interesting. And then it starts with Ned Stark beheading somebody. And then later on, he goes through the same fate, which was crazy. There's so much symbolism in this story. We talked about that too, right? Like mm -hmm. there's so many things that are replicated in the story. If you guys pay attention each season, there's like a replication, you know? Um, and like you said, the beheading is one of them. The way the White Walkers were introduced in season one was one of them too. Mm-hmm. It definitely was. Um, and Rejoice, what did you think about season one overall? So overall, I liked it, but it was it was slow, but I liked it. And I liked when they introduced us to the characters because that's what got me more interested into the story. We got to see um, each character's stories and basically how they're starting off. Yeah. And even like at first, from the time you first watch season one until you finish it, you definitely, the, the characters that you first don't like, it's funny how you end up liking them as the season yeah. one. Did you guys notice that? For sure. Yeah. Cause I didn't like Sansa at first. I was like, oh, she's a brat. You know, she just wants to do her thing. But I also didn't realize she was 14. So I'm like, oh, that's why she's a brat. She's a child. Yeah. <laughs> but as the seasons went on, you watched her bloom into this young woman and like really develop. And Arya, you know, she was always like the tomboy. And to just watch how she developed over the seasons was really dope as well. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know what really for me, I think, and this was one of the things people talked a lot about was season one and what Game of Thrones just did on GP, mm -hmm. they took away main characters. You know, a story doesn't usually take your A1 top list, A plus characters from you. Nobody, I know I didn't expect Ned Stark to just be like, I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anybody expected that when that started. Nobody was, did. It was really crazy because it was just like he was the rock that kept the Stark family together. So it was like for Ned Stark to be beheaded. Because it's like for a moment as you're watching it, because in most shows, there's always something that comes through to save, you know, the main character. 
you know, so we're all yeah. waiting with like, you know, with bated breath, like, oh, something's going to happen. They're, they, they can't kill Ned Stark. And when they beheaded him, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, so we just gonna kill off anybody on this show now. Can't. Yeah, like I've never watched a show where it's like nobody is safe. You're literally no. pins and needles yeah. the whole series. Be and then after a while, it's almost like you don't even want to really attach, you know, get attached to any character because as soon as you do, it's like they're gone or they're eaten or they're, you know, it's it's crazy. It's a show that gives you a lot of emotional ups and downs. That was one of the things George R. R. Martin had said when he had wrote the book. Is my sound messed up still? It, it sounds better? a little bit better because it was like really yeah, loud. Maybe a little background. But maybe it's yeah, okay. Y'all want me to get my headphones again? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to put myself on mute and grab. Okay. But yeah, that is one of the things that people were saying is that they were not expecting it. Um, Cause like we all said, it started slow, but by the middle of like season one, it's like, you're very, very much invested in these characters. And mm-hmm. even like to try and figure out everything that was happening, like even with like Theon, like his connection to the Starks. Cause at first you thought he was just like one of the brothers. And it almost seems like his position was even a little bit higher than Jon Snow, the bastard. Mm-hmm. Which is like really interesting as well. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the season, um, right. See, end of season one, Drogo's dead. Mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. I didn't she's, expect that. She, I did. She, but you know, and for me, one of the things that stuck out in that symbolism point is when she had that baby and she gave a life for a life. Mm-hmm. And her baby yeah. died, and she the baby came out as what we presume is a dragon. We didn't know, right? right? That was one of the lives. The so the stories and the symbolism and how it kind of weaved in the story with the books and um, which comes in in later stories about dreams and symbolism. So there was a lot of good stuff there. And I mean, season episode, uh, no, season two, I guess that would be the right way to say it, is, took off, I think. Season two, I yeah, think, was yeah. one of the best seasons, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think uh, Oh, is this better, by the way? Yeah, that's yeah, better. It's better. Okay. <laughs> um, I was saying George R. R. Martin said that was one of the main things when he wrote the books was that he wanted – he used Spider-Man as an example. He didn't – I think uh, – I can't remember who he was doing the interview with, but like T was saying, you always know that the main character, someone's going to come and rescue them at the end. Spider-Man isn't going to die in the Spider-Man movies. So George R. R. Martin wanted you to be scared to turn the page. Like he – he wanted to make sure that nobody was safe. You couldn't just rely on, oh, the beloved Ned. Of course he wouldn't die. Anybody in Game of Thrones can can die, which I think is one of the reasons so many people ended up loving the show. Because I think mm-hmm. after season three mm-hmm. uh, is when it really picked up, right? Yeah. It, yeah. it, did. it just kind of, you know, yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. No, it definitely did. And I know there was, like, differences between, like, the show itself and the book. And I know both of you ladies read the book, you know, which was, you know, which is way more detailed than even the show. And as okay. detailed as the books are, they could only fit so much and shoot so much, you know, right. in the show. And that was one thing that I really appreciated, like I was telling you guys, is just from a technical point of view, from a technical van point, the way the show was shot, I've never seen a show shot like that. That's usually things that you see in movies. 
So that's what really got me is that every time you go to watch, you know, a new season and even by the time it, I would say by the time we got to the fifth season, the shooting and the cinematography was even better especially those battles, you know, and that's what a lot of shows don't spend time on. And I remember, um, Namor, you were saying that um, somebody told you that the battles were one of the best battles in like cinematography history. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it was one of the HBO, like after specials or something that I had saw or read, but basically what the situation was is that the, the, the fight scenes or the, boring a battle scene some of the most epic battle scenes ever done on camera that was one of the 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 attachments put on the scenes what was the battle of black water the battle of the bastards and then of mm -hmm. course you know later on in the seasons towards the end you have the white walkers and hard home which was like we ain't got the year but hard home <laughs> that <was> freaked me <laughs> out oh, God. hard home yeah, just I was, i've never seen yeah. nothing like that one that was like our first introduction to really seeing all of those night king characters it was a lot yeah it was a lot yeah. and then it was like okay so now we're meeting with the wildlings and everything else but when they were falling off the cliff and mm -hmm. then they just reconnected that was just so creepy Yes, those little kids with the blue eyes. That should freak yeah. me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody in the chat said it was $10 million an episode film budget was insane. That's so true. Oh, it was. Wow. It was a massive budget. Yes, it was. That's that true. Just sense. imagine the budget for the prequel that's coming out soon. I can't wait. I'm yeah. <laughs> me neither. Everybody's yeah. excited about that. Yeah, I'm Team Targaryen, so I, I cannot wait. Let <laughs> me <laughs> bring my Danny back. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see like how that plays out. So that was so we just got done with season one. So who's in charge of season two? Okay, so I am. So let me read. Okay, so in season two, Ned's oldest son Rob has declared war on the Lannisters and holds Jamie prisoner. However, his mother, Caitlin, secretly frees Jamie to ransom her daughters, Sansa and Arya, believed to be captives in King's Landing. Sansa is being regularly abused by her betrothed, King Joffrey, while a disguised Arya escapes Lannister's forces in Harrenhal. Ned's ward, Theon Greyjoy, sides with his father and seizes Winterfell the Stark's ancestral home, though Bran and his brother Rickon escape. Meanwhile, Stannis and Renly Baratheon, brothers of the deceased King Robert, claim the throne for themselves. Stannis has, a, has the support of Melisandre, a red priestess of the Lord of, Night, uh, Lord of Light. Stannis kills Renly and attacks King's Landing, whose offense is successfully led by Tyrion Lannister, the acting Hand of the King and Queen Cersei's younger brother. On a foray beyond the wall, Jon Snow manages to gain the trust of wildlings while other members of the Watch come under attack by an army of White Walkers and their reanimated corpses. In Essos, Daenerys and her, and her Kalasar find refuge in Karth. After foiling an attempt to steal her dragons, Daenerys leaves the city. All right, so that is season two. And I would say one of the things that shocked me the most in season two was like Theon. 
you know, like they sent him to go to his father to basically, you know, bring help for the starts. And I was shocked at how much like his father had so much disdain for him. And I think, and I try to like figure out like, where's all this disdain coming from? Because when Theon left, he was a boy and you basically gave your only, well, your last surviving son to the Starks, you know what I'm saying? Um, in exchange for you being left alone. So it's almost like he, it's almost like Theon was a reminder of his father's, you know what I'm saying, mistake or the fact that he lost that battle with the Starks. Like, how did y'all feel when you guys finally were introduced to the father? <sighs> He's, well, the Greyjoys have, Greyjoys have always been dicks, you know, they've always, I was gonna say, yeah. they've always had a reputation yeah. of being assholes, how they would, um, what's the, the local lands, they would plunder and, um, you know, have salt wives and things like that. They'd rape the women and, uh, mm-hmm. take them to sea with them, have all these little bastard kids. They, that's, they were very, the, uh, the Ironborn and the Dothraki were actually had a lot of very similar, as far as like I guess their their life had a lot of similarities. The way that they got down, yeah, because they were like a smaller house, and I don't think they were as respected as like the Lannisters, the Starks. So I think they felt like they had to be like more brutal and more yeah. cutthroat. Because Euron, yeah. who was that Euron Greyjoy? He was just batshit crazy. Yeah. Well, every mm-hmm. uprising they had, they lost. So that was another thing too. Like I don't think they had any instances. Nothing. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the funny thing about too, um, and it's like somebody again in the comments said, read the books. Now I haven't read all of the books in totality. So there's so much more that we're really not even scratching the surface on because we're just really focusing on the series. But she's right that they've always had this really uh, contentious relationship as being an antagonist, you know, the Greyjoys, the Ironborns. And then to see kind of Melisandre and then Stannis get into this whole situation and then the this Lord of Light and then wondering if the Lord of Light is really the truth. In the books, there's Lightbringer and things like that. So there's so much more here in the symbolisms and get to season two, it really begins to get into the meat and the heart of the story. And it goes like <laughs> so many different directions, you know, it really does. Yeah. And it's almost like um, also part in like season two, the part that really gets interesting is, you know, Arya, you know, this young girl kind of just being out mm-hmm. there by herself and just trying to figure things out and then watching her journey. You know, mm-hmm. being so young and then also, you know, watching what Sansa is going through with Joffrey. It's like he just really got off on like just tormenting her. He did. He yeah. really did. And it was really sad because um, and I even remember some of the um, the controversy of some of the scenes um, <laughs> with, with Sansa saying was, you know, but it's like this is, you know, this is the story. This is in the book. You know, it's, it's, this yeah. is what happens. Um, and they did the best way they could to depict this brutally, you know, abusive relationship that she was in, but then for her to kind of triumph, but I'm still like, she's getting on my nerves. I'm still not liking her in season two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Season two. 
Because not only is she in an abusive relationship, it's the fact that she's now, she's still acting the same, you know? Mm -hmm. She's still acting Mm -hmm. like, oh, I still need to be with Joffrey. And if I'm with Joffrey, I'll be queen and I'll get all this notoriety and power. Like, it gets just so annoying with that. Yeah, Yeah. because I think that, I remember there was one scene where it's like, I think Littlefinger or somebody was trying to like, see about her and she's like i love joffrey you know i i like he's my yeah, they like world but i but then you know when looking back on it she was just doing that as survival and we knew yeah we knew yeah yeah, it was yeah. but it was still annoying when you first watch it you don't know <laughs> right just like, i think there's yeah. a little resentment towards sansa as well because she was the one in season one that told cersei what ned's plans were Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if they yeah. touched it. Didn't they do that in the show? I know they did that in the book, but had in in the book, had it not been for Sansa, Cersei would have never known what Ned's plans were, but Cersei, or Sansa was scared to go to Rob. So it took me a couple of seasons to <sighs> yeah. quit resenting her for that because I'm like, girl, but Sansa, it really goes to show the type of struggle that goes in different directions. You know, like mm-hmm. her struggle was real just the same as Arya's was, but they were just two totally different kinds. Right. And I think the reason why a lot of people kind of have resentment, I know I did for Sansa, is that we really got a chance, and I believe that was in early in season two, to see how much of a punk Joffrey was. Because remember, he started all mess with the butcher's boy. Okay, the butcher's boy was minding his own business, trying to spar with Arya. And so he tried to front, and then when he got, you know, his ass handed to him, you know, he basically called for the butcher's boy to be killed. You know, they they ended up killing, I believe, it was Sansa's um her her werewolf lady, her dire wolf, yeah, her dire wolf. Yeah. And so it's like, why are you not taking up for your sister? Because at that point, Arya was ready to fight, and she's like, tell yeah, Arya was tell us go. Mm-hmm. She was because remember that's what Rob said. That was the Joffrey was always trying to prove to Rob. You know, it was almost like. Rob really wasn't a good dad to Joffrey at all. And that the Hound was more of like a father figure. But that was the first thing uh, Rob said to Joffrey was like, you let a girl beat you? <laughs> right. Whenever he got his ass whooped. But that's the thing. Arya in the books, Arya represents this attitude much like some of the women in the Stark family. Kind of like Lyanna and these yeah. other women. She And this is this whole replication of like these people coming back and replaying themselves in these storylines. But again, we got to read the books. Again, I haven't read all of them, um, but it just, there's, it's so deep. <laughs> it's so deep. This is so much. Yeah, season, or mm-hmm. um, the third book was, uh, it was a Game of Thrones, a Clash of Kings, and a, a Sword of Storms. Wait, yes. Two was mm-hmm. a Clash of Kings. Uh, three was a, a, a Storm of Swords. And then it was Storm, a Feast, yeah. for, a feast, for, feast crows, for Crows. A Feast for Crows. And then a Dance right. with Dragons. Dance and we're waiting on Winds of Winners. Yeah. Yes. So right. now one of the big things that happened um, in season two was the Battle of Blackwater. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. now that was like my first introduction to like a real battle in Game of Thrones, and I thought it was crazy. Um, just the way that they were using like that, um, the gasoline, that green gasoline. I know they had a name for it, 
wildfire. The yeah, wildfire. Yeah, the way they were using that to blow up those ships, and you know, and then you really saw Tyrion stand up. You know, he was like, yeah. "I may be small." But if Joffrey's going to just basically drop the ball and go running back to his mother, I have to leave these people because at the end of the day, you know, uh, King's Landing is their home. So I mm -hmm. thought that was just really dope how, you know, he went out there, he got the men hyped and he was out there fighting. And then you that's when we kind of got introduced to Podrick. And I, I end up really liking Podrick. I do, too. I'm team <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was really dope how he ended up saving, you know, Tyrion and, you know, helping him out. And then that's when we really get introduced to the father, Tywin Lannister. Yep. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I, yeah. I really like that battle. Yeah, had you it know, not been for Tyrion, they would have lost that battle. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, and they never and they never wrote about him. His father was pointing on doing that, which was torture. I mean, and then two, another thing is, and and people in the chat can correct me if I'm wrong. According to the books now, Baratheons are the cousins of the Targaryens, which is supposed to be in this prequel, the house of the Targaryens that are coming up. The Baratheons were the cousins of mm -hmm. the Targaryens. And please somebody correct me if I'm wrong, because there was, again, symbolism in, in Stannis being on Dragonstone. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And, you know, coming in to, you know, fight in King's Landing with the Black, in Black Battle of the Blackwater, and then mm -hmm. Tywin riding on, on this horse, you know, Cersei thinking it's all over, and it's yeah. like this redemption. Again, replaying moments in the books again. So people can correct me if I'm wrong about the, the, the family. Any. No, people are saying you're that's right. correct. Yeah, you are you're right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Just like the uh, the Golden Company at the very end, not to get too and far the Golden, off, but they, yeah. they have Targaryen lineage as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I forget how that goes, right? The, another the bastard kid, too. right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> All these bastards. <laughs> <laughs> at least back then, it was an excuse because there was no birth control. I'm like, okay, I guess it made sense because there's literally no birth control. But I'm like, I didn't even know that people was just having, you know, just bastard babies everywhere. And, you know, and they would name them like different um, from what I have researched, like their name, depending on like the location. Yeah. So that's why there was a Ramsey Snow yeah. and a John Snow. And if your last name was Sand, you were like a bastard of like the Dorns. Dornish mm -hmm. area. So it depends on the area where you were at. So it was a lot of like really interesting nuances. So let's go ahead and move to chapter three, season three. Season three. Uh -huh. Just just to somebody in the message was like, there's prequels. Yes, guys, there's prequels. Yes, there's prequels. Mm -hmm. And That's we waited for the 300 years prior yeah. to where we left off in Game of Thrones. Uh, FYI. I somebody says, when is the prequels coming? Well, you know, Corona stopped everything. I think yeah. next year. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully next year. April. Yeah. And I then think we can make another party about it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. So I think I have season three. Do I? Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So here's the summary, guys. After Rob breaks his vow to marry one of Lord Walder Frey's daughters, Frey arranges the massacre of Rob, his mother, his wife, and his unborn child at his bannerman during a wedding feast, which we now know as the Wed Reading. The North and House Bolton, which had liberated Winterfell from Theon at Rob's request, also betrays the Starks. After Rob's death, Lord Roose Bolton is appointed the new Warden of the North by Lord Tyron Lannister. 
the head of House Lannister and the new hand of the king. In the Dreadfort, the Bolton's ancestral castle, Theon, is uh, tortured by Roose Bolton, the bastard son of Ramsay Snow. Damn. Further north, Jon Snow climbs the wall with the wilding party, ends up in the south side, but then betrays them. And the capital king, Joffrey, decides to marry Marjorie of House Tyrell, setting Sansa aside in the capital. Lord Tywin, however, arranges Sansa's marriage with his son Tyrion. Dane reaches King's Landing, and having had his dominant hand cut off, and having, having his hand cut off, and Essos Dannys acquires the Unsullied, which is like the bomb. And the army of the eunuch slave soldiers, she also joins forces with the Second Sons, a company of mercenaries, and takes over the two cities. I mean, really, at the end of the day, season three really begins to let you know. It, okay, this is where it's really kicking in. Yeah, yeah. Like this is what uh, they, they did not come to play in season three. They really didn't. Yeah, nope. no, they didn't. And you know, just even um, with season three, that's when we get to. I think that's when we meet uh, Brienne of Tarth. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's when she comes in in that season, and the fact that Jamie Lannister just like cannot stand her, he's calling her ugly, mm-hmm. just berating her, and then he still risks himself by saving her, you know, from getting the R word, and he loses his hand. So that that made that was a turning point for me with Jamie Lannister, like, oh, he does, yeah, have it just, was his arc, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. a lot of character growth, right. And I think even, Jamie was my favorite as far one, as like Jamie, as far as character development, yeah. was my yes. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> he had a huge character development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Season three made me almost forget that he pushed a kid out that damn tower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, he almost killed a kid. He can't walk no more. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. But then you're feeling So it was crazy. And then on top of that, so then we also go back to seeing Danny and we're seeing how much stronger she's gotten since season one. Mm-hmm. She has more confidence. You can tell like now she's embodying the role of the queen. You know, like now she kind of has yep. the same mentality as her ex, you know, or her deceased husband, Drogo. And it's like she's not going to stop by any means necessary. And that's when we meet the Unsullied. Mm. And the Unsullied, honey, they don't they don't been the eunuchs. They've had everything chopped off. And I think they did that. The logic between, you know, behind chopping off their manhood is making them tough and not feeling yeah. anything. But it's right. really disturbing, though. When you really think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was another story. Now, uh, I don't I don't think they touched about on it on the um in the show, but in the books, like they wanted them to be emotionless too. They just wanted them to be complete killers. They would get them to get uh puppies and raise them like those puppies would be their their babies pretty much and raise them to full grown dogs and then they would make the unsullied kill their dog. Yeah, like they put those kids through hell. Yeah, Yeah, they go through a lot. But I love when uh, a Daenerys is sitting there listening to this guy just berate her and talk about her (laughs) and play all of this stuff. (laughs) And she's sitting there like, "Give me this so I can do what I gotta do." And once she has it, and then she turns around with her little dragon. He got the little dragon, and she was like, "Oh, you didn't think I didn't you said?" He was cussing her out too. Oh, yeah, he man. was going in it was so good. 
But, you know, she's done so dirty, you know, and in the books they tell her, I can't remember how it comes to her. She has three loves. Yeah, and, and three betrayals. Three betrayals. That's too. what it is. Sorry. Thank you for correcting me. Three well, no, betrayals. I think it was three loves too, though. You could be. Was it right. three loves, three betrayals? Yeah, I know. Okay. I, I think you're right. I think, okay, so I think that goes back to season two when she was in that, uh, the magic house and that weird looking With those guy. guys that look like little gray aliens. Yeah. 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 Her name yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they said three loves and three betrayals too, though. So I think yeah. you are right. Yeah. I think, okay. I think so. Okay. So, yeah, for me, it was that. It was like, when going back to what T was talking about with the bear and the fair maiden, it was a nod to the moment in the book where Jamie fights this, you know, this bear and uh-huh. this whole thing with, you know, uh lady, oh gosh, what's her name that fast? Her name right now? Brienne? Um, Brienne. Brienne of Tars. Brienne of Tars, yeah. you know. Um, and then he, you know, again, with his art, you know, as we get into the other seasons and how he just really flourishes. But Season three, again, I think it really came for the gusto. And then we get into season four, I mean, which just really blows my mind at this point. Yeah. yeah. And then also in season three, we also get introduced to one of my favorite characters, um, Olana uh, Tyrell, the grandmother. Oh, the OG. Oh, love her. Yes. Yes. I really He's a straight G. Straight <laughs> shooter, does not care. And then she low-key killed King Joffrey. So I was here for it. Well, have y'all seen the pictures of um, the actress that played Olana when she was young compared to Marjorie? Her and Marjorie look just alike, though, which is crazy. Wasn't she one of the original... um, She was original woman, Olana. She played in a big screen series, a British TV show, um, a spy TV show. She was one of like the Bond girls or something of her I, day. I can't remember her I name. I wouldn't right be now. shocked, but she looked just like um. Gosh, what was the actress's name that played Marjorie? She was in the Tudors too. She played Anne Boleyn. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. think of her name yeah. off rip, but they they look just alike. I wonder if they did that on purpose. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. You know. Um, another thing yeah. in season three, too, when y'all were talking about the, the Red Wedding, I, I don't know if it put as much emphasis in the show, but apparently uh, customs, especially in the North, is like if you go somewhere and you're offered food or like you're if you're considered a guest in someone's home. So you pretty much mm-hmm. that's why Catlin was like, uh, can we have something to drink, something to eat? You know, as soon as mm-hmm. they offer you food, they're considered a guest in your home. And it is like the lowest of the low to um, hurt someone that's a guest in your home. So that yeah. was, there was this guest whole... rights or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And it was a very big deal um, there, a very big customary deal, especially in the North. So that's why the phrase, everybody just kind of like, just were disgusted with them because that it just was no honor whatsoever for you to kill a guest in your home. There was some old folklore story that went with it. Uh, yeah, it was the rat pie or something. I can't remember the details, but it was which something. is why Arya did what she did. In exactly, the yes, that was another yeah. reference. Yeah. As when she right, it comes them. back down every time. Yeah, some of yep. those stories, which I forget the stories, the little ones on the side. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and move on to season four. So we're just kind of doing, basically what we're doing is a recap of each season. And then um, we'll bring in people once we're done recapping 
to talk about either your favorite season, favorite character, things like that. So who has season four? I have season four. Okay, perfect. Okay, so the story takes place um, primarily upon, uh, with the storyline occurring on, wait, crap, on Essos. After the death of Rob Stark at the Red Wedding, all three remaining kings in Westeros believe they have a claim to the Iron Throne. King Joffrey is killed by poison at the wedding, and his uncle Tyrion is, let me zoom this in. Sorry, y'all. As blamed, young Tommen Baratheon is crowned king. Meanwhile, Sansa Stark escapes King Landing. At the wall, Jon Snow and the Night's Watch, badly outnumbered, begin a grim battle against 100,000 wildlings. But Stannis' army sweeps sweeps in to demand the wildlings' surrender. Um, Bran Stark's visions lead him far beyond the wall, the north, where he meets the Three-Eyed Raven. Daenerys Targaryen captured Marine and decided to rule as Queen of Slavers Bay until she can permanently defeat the slavers she finds ruling more difficult than conquering. She reluctantly claim, uh, chains up her growing dragons who have become difficult to control. Arya Stark crisscrosses Westeros, accompanied by the Hound, but sails alone to Bravos or Essos uh, to the end of the season. All right. Yeah. So season four was really crazy. Um, We have the death of Joffrey and the way he was treating Tyrion was just so sickening. Like just the way he was just talking to him crazy. And, you know, he did that whole little spoof at the wedding. So I think by the time he ends up drinking the poison, I don't think too many people felt bad for Joffrey. It was good. He needed to. Cersei's the only one who cared. Cersei. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but he needed to die, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a bit much. It was it was a bit much, especially when he could only talk a good game. Because remember, he ran during the real battle. Oh, he had all this smoke. Yeah, yeah. Joffrey was was bitch made for real. Yes, he was. He wasn't like any other villain in the show, and I think that's why people would get so mad because Ramsey, which yeah, toward the you know season six, Ramsey sat back on that fucking horse and you know whatever. But for the most part, Ramsey would get his hands dirty. Joffrey, he he just he wouldn't. He was scared. He was bitch. (laughs) Well, even back to Ned Stark, he didn't even have enough balls to behead next uh, Ned Stark. Nope. We had the other guy do it. And remember, that was the big thing with the starts is whoever dolls out the sentence, you need to also be an executor. Yep. Whoever does the sentence swings the sword. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, for me... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Rejoice. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, But I feel like Joffrey, the the reason he was that way was because he's a mama's boy, you know? Mm -hmm. His mom basically raised him. And I feel like he was the favorite out of all the children so he got whatever he wanted um no punishments yeah he's a firstborn um and no punishments happened to him when he did bad so he just kind of well incest would make him go crazy too you know because he was incest and that's why tommen was slow the only one that was somewhat normal oh no you say he was slow yeah Yeah, i don't like tommen slow 
He just, just yeah, I, yeah. I didn't. He I didn't just breastfed a little longer than the rest of them. Yeah, I didn't like Tom. He was like way too. He just wasn't king material. Oh, you know. Okay, so when that yeah. shit happened with Cersei, all I'm gonna say is, had Joffrey been the king. He wouldn't give a fuck, <laughs> you know. Well, Tommen went up have. there. They were like, "No, Tommen," and he's like, "Okay," and turned his ass around. Yeah, and that Ben Joffrey, it, there would have been heads rolling left and right. He mm-hmm. give yep. He'd be like, "Guards, seize!" <laughs> yeah, kill them all. <laughs> but I have to say, one of my favorite episodes in season four, and I say favorite in the sense of what it meant to the story, was. Um, the one when Ober and Martell was fighting the mountain and dying. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because it was just, a, it, it really is, I mean, other stuff has happened, but these are the schisms that begin to recreate itself later. This hate that he has comes from a previous storyline in the background that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's discussed in the books. Not going to go into it so much, but when his his partner, the way she screamed, and I even think in later seasons, Cersei refers to that scream. She could tell that she loved the man and she got some type of pleasure out of hearing her holler like that. I was like, that's when Cersei had, you know, had really, yeah. Yeah. really, he was like, okay, now, nah, girl, what are we going to do? She hated Cersei so bad. She let her hate overcome her. That's when it took wrong over. to, you know, Cersei's, you know, daughter in the future season. Because yeah. she shouldn't have done that girl that way. Yeah. And then the way they took over, fuck, that didn't get... The, I loved Oberyn. He was a really good character, and I think a lot of his beef, yeah, was with the Lannisters, and I get why he had his beef with the Mountain, but the thing was, and all the, what the Mountain did, he takes orders. He don't make the orders. Robert mm-hmm. was the one that was okay with all that, you know. Uh, Tywin was the one that was okay with all that shit. I'm not saying yeah, I like the, the Mountain. I don't. With Oberyn, like that battle really shocked me with him in the mountain because it's like you're rooting for him because again, my favorite character, Tyrion's life was on the line. His life mm-hmm. is basically in Oberyn's hands. So it's like, okay, cool, he has to win, he has to win. And then I think the problem was near the end he got cocky. That's yeah, what somebody had, just said yeah. in the comments. So yeah, he, he had the yeah. speed and he was doing all these flips. And it's like, okay, so, you know, size does not always matter. And then when the mountain just came back and tripped him and then, oh, my God, just busted his head like that. I was screaming like I was. And then it, I was just like in fear, like for like the next 10 minutes, I was just shaking because you're not expecting that. Because in this yeah. show, you're always expecting, you know, it's like, you, you know, anything can happen. But being that when we watch other shows and movies, the hero always wins. And this show always tells you, you know, after a while, like, do not get comfortable. Just right. when you think about the win, it's a wrap. Yep. Well, the thing with um, the, the, uh, uh, am I saying that right? Okay. So they, um, soak all their weapons and poison. So I don't know if that had anything to do with him being cocky. Maybe he thought he was already getting weak and dying. Oh, but yeah. was built different, you know. That is he, a good point. Yeah, I, snakes, viper, duh. Yeah, they yeah. always. I mean, even with the sand snakes. Remember with uh, what's his name, um, Braun. You know, he got cut, 
he started dying. Like if they cut you, yeah, which, you know the as far as the books go and the show, it, it went a little different. That's where things kind of started separating a lot from the show. But I mean, there's only so much time in yeah. a day they can, you know, put put shit in there. That's right. true. So one more thing I want to hit on on season four that we can move on to the next season. Um, Going back to the wall, um, I think we got to know more about the characters, you know, at the Night's Watch. Because initially, I really didn't like any of them, you know, because it's like they're all attacking (laughs) Jon Snow and, you know, and especially the older guy. Like, he definitely had, like, this underlying beef. But I think I, I grew to appreciate the Night's Watch more once Samuel Tully finally got some balls. And he came back in the baby that made me kind of, you know, like those episodes more, you know, and then there was almost like a human factor to the night's watch. Once they also allowed the wildlings to come in, Stannis Baratheon was there, you know, Shireen was there. So it kind of just made like this whole nother dynamic to the story. Yeah, I know that's your part. You like, (laughs) 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 And that battle was crazy too. Though. That yeah. was the yeah. best scenes at the wall. Yeah, yeah. I thought all that shit was so cool. But Jon Snow was one of my favorite characters too. But um, me too. The, yeah, I, it's hard not to like Jon. He's just it's hard. <laughs> he, he's so <sighs> sweet and cute. You know what? Somebody said in the <laughs> this with a few people in the chat on YouTube. Got oh, they me been me up in the chat. I'm loving. They the do. Do somebody yeah. said we don't claim anything after episode four, episode five, and I'm like, no, yo, five, six, seven, or no, six, seven, and eight were my favorite seasons. Well, you know, there yeah, was those were good they jumped the shark though. It was like, oh, come on, damn, really? I like the dragons full grown though, but I like the yeah. seasons before because I like to see the dire wolves because I loved watching um, ghosts cut the fuck up when he was fighting just as hard as John was when the wildlings. Um, Popped up on the wall. You talking about ghost? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he didn't play yep. about John. Yeah. And he, and he, he had like, Sam he about to mess with my buddy John. Yeah, he didn't fuck around with about Sam either. Because remember mm-hmm. when they were about to? Yep. And Sam, that really showed how tough Sam. I love Sam. It yeah. showed how uh, tough Sam was because they was going to get the shit out of him. Yeah, and he kept getting his mm-hmm. ass up because he was like, "You y'all ain't about to hurt her." Talking about Gilly. And uh, they were going to fuck him up. But Ghost rolled up and was like, you ain't going to fuck him up. That's my dad's best friend. You know, I got two points. And uh, this is, we we didn't point on this. The whole Mm -hmm. thing about the shape shifting when you talk about ghosts. Now, remember those people that, you know, the three-eyed raven does it later. We begin to understand that with Bran and them rolling their eyes back in their head. Yeah. And the fact that they can jump into all this different stuff. And then remember Jon Snow, when he gets on the other side of the wall, he says, I'm a Stark. And remember one of the wildlings said, well, why you, we you, we are the original people from the North. Yeah, the first man. That was a hint in that comment too. Mm -hmm. And I was, I remember going, hmm, you know, let me do some investigating. (laughs) And when I looked into that whole situation and the whole Night King of times past. And was this the same Night King? And this ain't the same Night King. Isn't it Stark? Is it a brand Stark? Mm-hmm. That's why, which we get to a little bit later. This is kind of where season four does, begins mm-hmm. to have you answer, you know, answer some of those questions that have been like, what do they call them? Easter eggs. Yeah. They kind of yeah. place yeah. them in the story, right? 
Well, they really yeah. didn't add it into the the show. I noticed, but in the books, um, all the Starks, I think minus maybe all the POV besides Sansa, um, like Stark characters, all would have wolf dreams. Like you know, John would be asleep, right. and his you know, it's like he would be hunting like a wolf. Mm. And same thing with Arya, and obviously Bran. Um, Rickon wasn't a POV character. Rob wasn't. Uh, right. Sansa's dire wolf had died you know, first book though. So, um, they probably just didn't have time to incorporate that in the show, but in the books, they, like you said, put little Easter eggs that they were, I believe, wargs as well, just like Bran. Yeah, wargs. That's what they call mm-hmm. right? Yep. All right, so let's move on to season five. So, in season five, um, we go back to King's Landing, and Marjorie marries the new king, Tommen Baratheon, Joffrey's younger brother. The Sparrows are a group of religious fanatics who impose their views upon the city, imprisoning uh, Marjorie and her brother Loras and Cersei for committing various sins. Jamie travels to Dorne to take back Marcella Baratheon. However, Oberyn Martell's lover, Alaria, and his bastard daughter kill Marcella as revenge for Oberyn's death. In Winterfell, in Winterfell the new set of House Bolton and Baelish arranges Sansa's marriage with now legitimized son of Roose Bolton, the sadist Ramsay. Stannis unsuccessfully marches on Winterfell, which leads to his death, and allows Sansa the opportunity to escape with Theon. At the wall, as the newly elected Lord con- as a newly elected Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, Jon Snow forms an alliance with the Wildlings to save them from the White Walkers and their armies of rein of reanimated, reanimated, excuse me, corpses. However, John is stabbed to death by some brothers who see him as a traitor. Arya arrives in Braavos where she finds Jacqueline Hagar, whom she previously helped escape and begins training with the Faceless Men, a guild of assassins in Estos. Tyrion becomes the advisor of Danny. Sir Jorah saves the life of Daenerys against the revolting slavers who flee to Marine on Dorne's back, on Dorgan's back, excuse me. So season <sighs> five was was crazy for me. Very emotional. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. So I guess you can start with the sparrows, the religious fanatics. I hated them. They well, we know people like that though. Child. Yeah. Online. We can relate. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. like him at all. That old man that was like locking. I forget his name, but he he's he a great a, actor, though. Love yeah, him. Really yeah. good actor. Yeah, yeah, really good actor. But and it was so funny because Cersei thought that by giving these guys power, that somehow it wouldn't affect her. So I think what I did like about it is that in the end, it came back to bite Cersei in the ass. You know, it was all fun and games yeah. when it was Marjorie and Loras being locked up for their sins. But meanwhile, Cersei, you're smashing your twin brother. And you smashed mm-hmm. uh, uh, Lancel, Lancel Lannister. Her, her cousin. Brother. Yeah, she keeps up. it in the family. Yeah, yeah so she's like, we gonna keep it in the family today. Mm-hmm. She thought she was like they made an argument. Targaryens did it. They were royal, you know, so why can't we? Mm-hmm. I was her... Yeah. Her because again, her father married her his cousin. That was his first or second yeah. cousin. 
their mother. Oh. So it's like, don't ju don't judge me for smashing my brother. But see, that right. goes to show what what happened though, because look, Joffrey was fucking evil. Uh, you know, he was insane. Same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, Tommen was a little slow. The only one that was somewhat normal was Marcella, and um, you know, they really didn't give her a lot of spotlight in there. No, yeah. Um, I loved watching. Uh, but that was one of my favorite parts of the season was uh, the Danny flying off on the dragon. You know, Drogon mm -hmm. came and rescued her because, you know, he, he felt his mama was uh, having some trouble. But one thing I noticed that they didn't really, um, I guess they kind of showed in the show, but um, uh, Sir Barristan the Bold. You know, the one yes, that left. Yep. Okay, so he was the one, he went, the reason what made the Mad King go so crazy was because he was locked up for six months um, by some enemy of his, and he was getting tortured and shit, made him go bonkers. And Tywin was just going to let him die. He was sick of him by that point. But um, Sir Barristan the Bold, when he was younger, that's how he got that name. He was like, no, fuck it, I'll go in there by myself, and I'll rescue my king. And he did. And so mm. he, he rode hard for the Targaryens until, you know, Robert came through, peace was in the land, whatever. But I was surprised that when they killed him off, how easy, I was like, man, he kind of, I mean, I know it was a lot of them, but I was like, fuck, he, maybe it was just because he was old. I don't know. I wasn't expecting him to die. I thought he was going to be around a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of surprises in season five. Um, I know somebody's typing in the chat about the whole Hodor, hold the door, Hodor. When he, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I hated that. I did that too. was so sad. They didn't have to do summer like that either. Oh yeah, when we found out what that was, it's yeah. like my tear ducts. I was like, no. Every okay. time a dire wolf or dragon would die, I cried. That's what would just, oh, it just broke me. Yeah. <laughs> Though we didn't mention this because you mm -hmm. can't get everything out. Remember mm -hmm. again, going back to season one when the dragons hatched, and remember, I can't remember who it was in the in the in the Stark in the North, and they saw the red comet go over. Oh, it was Bran. It was Bran. Was it Bran? Okay, because, it was Bran. Yeah, it was okay. Bran because. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Joyce. Go ahead. You can say it, it was Bran because I remember I was so what I remember he told um. I forgot her name, but you know the the basically the slave to the yeah to the family that they I, yeah the wildling, the wildling yeah okay. yeah the wildling girl um Brand told her you know that it might be signs that it's a um that they might win the war or something and she was like no that's signs yeah, that, that a Osha. dragon is born yeah that was Osha the wildling girl yeah, yeah. I, like, I like her. Ramsey right. and killing her. That was crazy. Um, another thing I wanted yeah. to touch on on season five um, is when we really got to see just how batshit crazy Melisandre, a.k.a. the Red Witch, was, <laughs> you know. And I was just really shocked because I really thought that, okay, we already know that Stannis Baratheon, you know, has issues, whatever. He's already putting on a yeah. pedestal. Meanwhile, he had a wife and everything. But I remember when he was talking um, to Princess Shireen and was saying how, you know, everybody said that once she started developing grayscale to send her to that island with the crazy grayscale people. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I told them all to go to hell. My daughter is a princess. She would not, you know. And so that made me yeah. kind of like Stan. It's like, okay, that's that's a blessing because back then, you know, people would have just threw their child on the side of the road and kept it pushing. So he, yep. he raised her and, you know, and loved on her. 
And then when that happened, when they burned her at the stake, that that messed me up, like just psychologically. Yeah. The little girl who played I thought she was gonna game, survive. She killed that character. She killed that when she, she was screaming for her parents, yeah. and she's like, Mom, Dad, Dad, what are you guys doing? And you know, that broke my heart. And, and then and then it's like y'all sacrificed this child, and she was so innocent, you know, just her reading and trying to I loved her Davos's relationship. Yeah, yeah, like her and Davos. I love Davos too, though. Yeah. And it was like, and it's like I think Sir Davos knew that something was going to happen because he kept wanting Shireen to stay at the um wall. Like just keep her here, yep. you know, I'll keep an eye on her. And he was she was like, No, she's coming with us. And to have her burnt at the stake, you could tell even that was too much for his army. Because remember, after they killed Princess Shireen, half his army left the next day. Because yeah. you didn't kill yep. your own daughter? You don't give a yeah. damn about me. Wife hung herself <laughs> in the tree in the woods. But, remember? You know, there yep. was, but let me just say this. And somebody said it in the chat, and I had to agree. Mm-hmm. And the quote was, Bran, the, basically the greatest villain of them all. We're going to hold that there because remember, you know, Melisandre's all Lord of the light and she's seeing these visions in, in the fire. Now, again, I couldn't remember right now how those visions were being orchestrated. If this was the Night King, was it Bran? Was it the Three-Eyed Raven? Because had Stannis mm. not decided to, you know, sacrifice his daughter, it would not have a because it was the Lord of Light, and this is where Lightbringer comes in in the book again because this is where Jon Snow is stabbed in the chest, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, is this where Lightbringer comes out? Lightbringer is the sword that kills the Night King, you know, thousands oh, of years ago. Yeah. Remember, okay. right? So that's what the whole fire was, and so my question is. You know, who was manipulating the visions and the fire in order to have Melisandre then sacrifice mm-hmm. Shireen to put Stannis where he was? And it was all done for a reason. And uh, that's, a, that's said, an interesting theory. That's a great Master question. Villain, yeah. It's like I forget about how really Bran is probably the damn Night King. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people thought some that. Of the visions were correct. Because the name is, you know, Bran was a Night King, like, way back in the day. Different Night King, though. Yeah, somebody said in the chat, they said that they felt like Stannis was even worse than Melisandre because all Stannis was worried about was power. You know, somebody happened to Danny, but Stannis is the one who went through with the killing. Right, just like Danny. The same Mm -hmm. thing, that power would overcome them and consume them and change them because Stannis rode hard for his daughter, like you said. And Stannis also, when all the other people, you know, at the King's Landing, all that, we're talking about the wall. Stannis Mm -hmm. was the only one who came through. I mean, he was a dick, but I actually really like Stannis because Mm -hmm. he was, Mm -hmm. you know, that's who Ned was supporting. With Stannis. Right. I actually rocked with yeah. Stannis and I really fuck with Davos, but as soon as the he the whole Shireen thing, it was the power mm-hmm. that just the the iron throne, the iron throne, it goes to their head and it drives them crazy. Like there's mm-hmm. definitely some right. symbolism mm-hmm. behind the iron throne and being the ruler. 
<laughs> yeah, and and I felt no ways once he was killed. Like, you know, Ramsey's army just totally devastated, you know, Stannis's army. But when Brienne of Tarf found him, it was like sweet justice because it was uh that that spirit of Stannis that turned into that shadow that killed Oh, that was some fucked up shit. Yeah, that was she can get her revenge. Yeah, right. Fucked up really bad oh my god so many so let's go ahead and get to season six because i know people want to start calling in so let's read season six okay do the last three and then we'll start getting calls in okay okay so in season six at the wall melisandre resurrects john john reunites with sansa and leaves the night's watch aided by the wildlings loyalists and the knights of the veil they defeat the boltons and john is proclaimed the king in the north Beyond the Wall, Bran trains with the Three-Eyed Raven, but they come under attack by the White Walkers. The Three-Eyed Raven is killed and succeeded by Bran, who escapes with the help of Hodor, who dies in the process. Bran realizes Jon is in fact the son of his deceased aunt, Lana Stark, and Crown Prince Rhaegar Targaryen. In Braavos, Arya continues her training with the Faceless Men, but eventually leaves them and reunites to Westeros, to take revenge on Wilder Frey. In King's Landing, Cersei demolishes the Great Sep with wildfire. Many die, including the High Sparrow, Marjorie and Loras. Tommen kills himself after witnessing the events, and Cersei is crowned queen. In the Iron Island, Euron Greyjoy upsurps leadership by killing his brother and Theon's father, Balon. Daenerys gets captured by the Dothraki, but gains their devotion by burning their leaders alive. She forgives Ser Jorah. She returns to Mirren in time to save the city from a naval siege by slavers, then sails for Westeros, joined by Theon and his sister Yara. Ilaria seizes control of Dorne and joins Olena Tyrell in an alliance with Daenerys. Yeah, that's when it just, it really, for me, I think this is the yeah. season where the shark is jumped twice. Yeah, Bastards <laughs> was everything. I mean, it was good. Like, there were redeeming moments of this season, but when John came back, I was like, a zombie love, movie for real? Another zombie movie? Like, I, I mean, okay, another storyline, rather. It was um, like, why did John, out of everyone who could have came back, why John? Why not John? He's the prince that was promised. Well, know, okay, that's the theory okay. that they say, but did yeah. he really become the prince that was promised? Yeah, that's the, the You thing. know, that's the thing I can't figure out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess because he ended up being, obviously, Aegon Targaryen, but that was a, another thing because, like I said, in the books, there's a whole other real Aegon Targaryen that's with the Golden Company. Uh, so it's like, you know, completely switched up stories. But I think they had to bring in <clears throat> John and Danny. You know, they had to bring in the, John's history. They had to bring all that back. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they they assumed that they just, you know, I think sometimes they did miss the mark because they wanted that shock factor so bad. They I wanted agree. to redo yeah. the, the Red Wedding shock factor so bad. But I loved season six. I loved season seven and eight. But I love season six because I love the Battle of the Bastards. 
Get I love when Sansa battles. Yeah. And with Sansa got a halt to Ramsey, um, I thought it was super dope when Danny finally started riding Drogon and all them dragons went and fucked them boats up. Grey Worm fucked them slavers up. The the ending was what it was for me. Just the series, the season finale was for me. What it was for me. I love what Emily get into. They ain't fuck them both up. They did. She took the <laughs> all of them was. <laughs> they lit the motherfuckers up. But she, you noticed she didn't burn all of them up because she needed some of them. To get right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then but I this, really like. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I really liked a lot of her and Tyrion's dialogue through season six. Like how when she gave him, you know, the title of Hand of the Queen and when she was about to hop on Drogon's back and burn a bunch of fucking cities up and like he he broke it down to her like you can't do that. And, you know, she was starting to listen to him and kind of understand and really come into, I guess, more of a leadership role instead of just a conqueror. And, uh, you know, they just had some yeah. really dope conversations. And so did John and Danny. You know, he had to make a lot of tough decisions throughout that se- uh, that season. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like when Tyrion was the hand of, you know, of Danny because he kind of balanced her out. Now, as far as the Battle of the Bastards, I definitely love that. That was one of the best shot scenes, like fighting scenes. Like all the yeah. fighting scenes was good, but I really liked that because you literally felt like you were in the battle. Like, yeah. you literally felt these mm-hmm. swords coming at you. I mean, you watched the way John, you know, was just ducking and trying to fight. And then it just really lets you know that in battle, in war, a lot of it, yes, it's strength. Yes, it's skill. But a lot of it is just luck. Plain mm-hmm. luck. Literally. You know, Especially and when there's arrows falling from the sky. Yeah, with arrows, you just want to be lucky. You, they don't hit you. Right, right. And I just like the fact that, like we said earlier, that Ramsey did fight in his own battles. He didn't just send his men off to go do his dirty work. He was also fighting. So it was just really dope to watch them go back to his castle and then to see Sansa finally get her revenge after having been mm. so much, you know, throughout the season with her so-called husband, Ramsey. So I really did like that. And then going back to the whole thing with the with the Septon and the Sparrows. Now, when they walk Cersei out, that th- I think that was like the only time throughout Game of Thrones where I felt bad for Cersei. In a way, when she was out there stark naked and they're like, shame, shame. Oh, yeah. I mean, that went yeah. out for like at least 30 minutes, you know, for yeah. everybody and people throwing trash at her and letting her know, like, you're no better than anybody else just because you had the title of the queen. But that also let me know that Cersei is batshit crazy and she's going to do something. And I didn't expect yeah. her to do that with the wildfire. But when she blew up that entire, you know, I don't know, building? That was crazy. That whole side with her sipping that wine. Which she oh. was like, yeah, and that's also what made her it son kill himself, you know, when Tom and that was Jumped. A, yeah, yeah, that was a weird, a weird scene as well. Um, but mm-hmm. with Cersei, uh yeah, that was one thing like we had discussed before is she really fucked with her kids though. Like it seemed like she that whole walk she was just trying to get back to Tommen because she didn't trust him around the Tyrells and all that bullshit. You know, she wanted and that's to be all there she with had. Him. She had a very like what is the type of relationship you have with people where it's just this you know 
dependency. She had this the dependency because she didn't. Yeah, yeah Cole, that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. And you saw mm-hmm. it in that. I mean, but there was another point about Cersei where you could kind of, yeah, like he says, like, uh, but there was something that I noticed about this season. This is where all of the women take control. Because you have the Sand Snakes, you got Elaria down in Dorne, you got Oberlin Tyrell, you have uh, Sansa in the north, you have Daenerys and Essos, you have Cersei, who's basically about to be queen, you know, you have uh, Arya, Arya, Sion, mm-hmm. Sister Yara, so oh, all yeah, the girls, that. all the girls are here. Yeah, um, yep. and I thought that was really dope because most of this whole series dominated by men, and women have in many cases, just like in historical men's shoes, uh, women were used as puppets and tools for the men, and to see the women kind of be like you know, standing strong uh-huh. after all of these mm-hmm. fools and eliminated themselves and then the real game's about to begin now. Yeah. You know, so that for me, that's the sticking point for season six for me. Yeah, all that the was one of the reasons I fucked with uh, Arya and um, Danny too, because Arya would be out there fighting. Danny would be yeah. out there fighting. She'd yeah. be on top of a dragon, but she'd be out there blowing shit up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She got her hands dirty too. <laughs> she did. So let's go ahead and move on to season seven. Who has season seven? I do. I'm going to read kind of the summary of season seven. For me, this is where I think everybody in the world was just really beginning to lose their minds because we know it's over. Yeah. Now. We had two seasons left. So it starts out with uh, Daenerys arrives in Westeros and takes over Dragonstone. She plans to overthrow Cersei. But John arrives instead to save Westeros from the White Walkers. The two fall in love and together venture beyond the wall to prove the threat of the White Walkers. The Night King leaders of the White Walkers kills and reanimates the nearest dragon Viserion, which I, I, can, I just I remember watching it like, oh my God, which was amazing. Uh, during the mission, John and Daenerys then attempt to persuade Cersei to join their cause by showing the existence of a white they had captured but she has her own plans to increase control over the continent. At Winterfell, Sansa is reunited with her siblings, Arya and Bran, when the Lord Protector of the Vale, Peter Baelish, begins to turn the Stark children against one another. They managed to have him executed, which was legend. In a vision, Bran sees that his aunt Lyanna was in fact married to Prince Rhaegar, and that Jon's real name is Arian Targaryen, making him the true heir to Iron, uh, Iron Throne. After his sister Yara is kidnapped by his uncle Euron, Theon sets out to save her. The Night King demolishes the section of the wall with the help of the reanimated Viserion, allowing the White Walkers and the army that they had to pass through the Seven Kingdoms. And I again remember that last season, that last episode, when that wall came down and he was roaring and that blue fly. I know, and he was fun. You were like, yeah. oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It was a moment. Definitely. I wasn't expecting the blue fire. I was not. <laughs> it was like, it's hotter than red fire. And, and I think Neil deGrasse Tyson got in on it. I was just like, why is he flying so damn fast? Why does he get to fly faster than, uh, you know, Rhaegal and Drogon? Now, at the end of the day, can't none of them fuck with Drogon. Drogon's the biggest, baddest dragon, but he tried yeah, it. Yeah, he did try it, yeah. He tried That's it. true. <laughs> That's true, but, I, you know, for me, I just think that to see Peeler Baelish 
uh, die the way he did on his knees, mm. Megan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The White Walker, Cersei. I mean, we all thought this is how it ends. Cersei's going to come together. I mean, if you read the books, you kind of knew different. But we're like, yes, it's going to be a, the fight to the finish. We all expecting this dope battle. And then Cersei, Tyrion, I was like, I really thought the girl was going to sing out some help. Even Sansa told him, he's stupid. You know, one thing, though, yeah. that... Um, well, Sansa, you know, right, Satyrian, right, you're right. Yeah, she was like, I used to think you were so smart. You dumb as hell, if you believe her. But one thing, um, what, oh, I can't remember the name of that battle, but it was where they really saw how Danny was not fucking around in season seven. It was where she was mad as hell um, because they had just killed Elena, and that was when she told Jamie it was me. Bitch. Yeah, <laughs> and, I remember that. Oh yeah, yes. oh, when the first time we saw the dragons, the first yes, time and the, it we was so dope. Dothraki yeah. were standing on top of the horses with the mm-hmm. arrows. Yeah, and that Jamie was another was like, good oh. battle. Yeah, Jamie was like, "Oh, we can hold him off," and then that's when they heard Drogon come through and fucked yeah. yep. up so bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. Those people were shit. She even showed him shaking. <laughs> That and how Jamie Danny... tried to run into the dragon mouth like I'm gonna die anyway to hell with it <laughs> and that old boy came and knocked him off mm-hmm. that was when yep. Danny uh, lit up um, what's his name Sam Dickon <laughs> Dick oh, and the Tarly the Tarly the Tarly yeah that's when they started kind of being like alright Danny chill out now Kind of. <laughs> and that really to be honest with you I think that action came back to haunt her because yeah. remember, John mm-hmm. and Sam was like this. Yeah. And the fact mm-hmm. that he told her that even though his dad treated him like shit, yeah. killed his brother and his dad. And he how hurt he was to see that. That yeah, bothered John a lot. Yeah. And I feel like for me, John was like, mm, I don't know about this. Well, that's uh, Sam told him. He was like, you know, would you have done it? And he was like, I've killed a lot of people. He's like, you've also showed mercy to a lot of people. Because Tyrion was sitting there like, Danny, no. Don't don't do it. Do this. Don't do this. Danny, you're Grace. You're Grace. And she just like looked at him like, shut the fuck up, Tyrion. I'm lighting her asses up. And then everybody bowed down and she walked off. And that's how that one shit started clicking in her head. Like, you know what? I can do whatever the fuck I want. She's like, why? I'm here. I'm here. Y'all scared. I burnt y'all up. I won. Yay. Y'all running. Y'all go to y'all friends. Yeah, and- let them know. <laughs> <laughs> let them know we burn things over on this side. We burn yeah. things up. But so who, has, has, who has season eight? <laughs> me. I got season eight. Okay, right, so go ahead. Let's get to season eight. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, the final season depicts the culmination of the series Two primary conflicts, the Great War against the Army of the Dead and the Last War for Control of the Iron Throne in the first half of the season. Jon Snow and uh, Daenerys Targaryen and many of the main characters uh, converge at Winterfell to face the dead during the battle. Bran lures the Night King into open where Arya destroys him. The army of White Walkers and Whites crumble. Meanwhile, Cersei Lannister remains in King's Landing and strengthens her forces um, to set traps for uh, weakened Daenerys. 
The second half of the season resumes the war for the throne as Daenerys suffers losses until the final assault, uh, King's Landing, upon Drogon, her last dragon. She defeats Cersei's forces, burns the city, and kills Cersei and her brother, Jaime. Daenerys vows to liberate, in quotations, the uh, whole world as she has liberated the capital of Westeros. Um, hold it. Where'd I go? Oh, this one. Unable to sway her from her destructive path, and uh, agonized John kills her. Drogon flies away with her body. Nobody knows where the fuck he went. We're all wondering. The leaders of Westeros <laughs> choose Bran Stark as king, who grants the North independence and appoints Tyrion his hand. Sansa Stark is crowned queen of the North, and uh, Arya sails west, and Jon leads the wildlings north of the Wall. Yeah, season eight started off really strong to me. I see there's so many makes me actions. Some people are like, I don't even acknowledge season eight. Some people are like, <laughs> the whole chat is like, what is season eight? Can yeah, we don't recognize it. So strong with I the like whole battle eight. with the White Walkers and yeah. trying to figure out, you know, how they're gonna defeat the Night King. So it's like you were on the edge of your seat, but that finale was a doozy. It was a little underwhelming. The uh, brand. Now, I will say, um, at the bells is my favorite episode in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever mm-hmm. uh, Danny shows up, her and Drogon fuck shit up, and then she goes crazy, burns the city alive. I really love. Yeah, how yeah, that was good. No lie. They showed what it was like. This is war. This is what it's really like. even. It don't matter. As a normal person, like say most, you know, us, that's what war would be like for us. We're on the ground. We're not the ones flying the dragons and shit like that, you know? So it showed what war really was, whether you're the good guys or the bad guys, how bad it really fucks with you. And showing yeah. Danny lose it and just how it, like Tyrion, how he, it, it, that season broke Danny down. It broke Tyrion down. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it broke so it broke John down. I mean, there's so many different characters that really yeah. it just showed them being pushed to their limits. I see why they needed therapy after. I love the bells though. That was one of my favorite episodes. I have to agree with you on that. Yeah. I take that back. Yeah. And then the uh, the Golden Company. I wish they would have added in something about their Targaryen lineage, but they didn't. But I thought it was so fucking dope where they were all standing up front, and then they like turn, like they heard a little bit of noise, and they turn around, and it's Danny and the dragon, and they blow their ass. That was <laughs> just it. Boom. Was the only nod that they were willing to give to the Golden Company because, like, Cersei was like, mm-hmm. "Where the elephants?" Where is this? You know, the Golden Company and the books rode strong. So yeah, they, they didn't. Play. They didn't have the budget. For remember, that was one of the one of the many complaints. You know, and you couldn't do it, but they didn't. That's as much they could do for the Golden Company. Yeah, and I the Golden do Company was further. actually on the Targaryen side. And the they books, were with another bastard kid. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. Well, actually, it was um, uh, what's his name? Um, it was the Dornish princess. The Oberyn's sister that he was so, you know, why he had all that smoke with the mountain, the one that they killed. It was the uh, Dornish princess and um, John's dad. Uh, what's his name? J- uh, it was Viserion. What is Rhaegar? Ra- Rhaegar Targaryen? Rhaegar, yeah. So it was Rhaegar and the Dornish girl's son. That's right, because they, right, that was his wife. They were supposed to be doing something with them. 
Yeah, they switched they the baby. The dad was going. Very switched the babies. Right. And, and Aegon was with um, the Golden Company. And the Golden Company didn't fuck around. And it was actually the leader of the Golden Company that got that uh, grayscale shit on him. So he was just trying to get Aegon straight before, um, you know. Yeah. But they put that on. You know, they switched things up and stuff. But still. Yeah, they did the best they could with the little right. thing thing that they had you know and I, I gave them credit but yeah a lot of people I have to agree they, there was so much more they could have did with season 7 and season 8 because mm-hmm. Ann and yeah. Dave was rushing to hurry up and finish that was the I thing I think they me, went to- yeah they were they could have I, for me I didn't like how Danny turned into the mad queen I know like somebody else was saying I like that wrote the character for me because by the time 7 and 8 came she kind of had like this whole you know, I'm trying to save the world syndrome. And, you know, like, I understand that it's war, but when you're, like, just killing innocent people, like, she had already won. She had already destroyed Red Rock and all that stuff with Cersei and, you know, but when she kept, like, at first it was like, oh, my God, this is badass. We see the flames and the dragons. And it was like, okay. And she was trying to avenge her friend because we all know Miss Andre from the island of North and my Grey Worm boys, you know, they ended up beheading her. And that was one of the last things that Miss Andre said. She was like, you know, Dakarius. You know, that was like a sign to me to tell Danny to go ahead and put stuff down. And it, it almost kind of reminded me of if you guys have ever seen Baby Boy, that mm-hmm. scene in Baby Boy where Tyrese and um, Sweet Pea, they're beating those dudes with the belt. And at first it's kind of funny because he's like, oh, y'all ain't got no daddy. I'm going to teach you some respect for your elders. And then it starts not being funny. It starts to get disturbing. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. but like, I got to go back. I feel like, like yeah. that's what I felt with the whole season eight part. At first it was like, okay, cool. She's burning the red keep and she's burning, you know, certain things that have to do with the royal family. But then when she was literally burning houses and you're seeing villagers screaming and children, that kind of yeah. Yes, like she's the mad queen at this point. Yeah, she turned into the mad queen for sure. Mm-hmm. But you know what the thing about it is, and again this goes back to the books. Um, you you know, they fl- flip a coin on the Targaryen. That was number one. Two, yeah, yeah. she was pushed. But this was another debate that kind of happened in the circles you know, during and after the show. Was she doing anything that a man hadn't done? And would, you know, do we judge women more harshly? Because had that been John, we'd have been like, yeah, he rules. But, you know, because it was her, you know, are we looking at like because she's a woman, she should be more maternal and caring? Like well, a lot of people were trying to make that thing. That is a good point. With Cersei, same thing with Cersei. And then, again, I go back to the Lord of Light and the fire and this cleansing. Like there's so many different things going on with that. But I know we will probably get more into that when we get into the prequels, whenever that yeah. happens. But yeah. Well, I mean, Aegon the Conqueror, uh, her, you know, just her relative. I mean, that's what he did. He told people, okay, you can surrender if you want. And if they didn't surrender, he lit them the fuck up. But Harrenhal. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Harrenhal. But when um, Tyrion was talking to John, and, you know, he was, you know, talking sense into him, and he asked him, would you have done it? And John's answer was, no, I wouldn't have. And I honestly don't think John would have. Because no, I don't think John yeah, didn't, John I don't didn't think, give a fuck about ruling. 
Mm-mm. He didn't. So let me go ahead and bring on some other callers here since we've kind of broke down all the seasons. So I know we have a lot of people on hold here. So let me go ahead and bring some people on. Um, let's see here. I'm going to see you guys later. I got a class to teach. Okay. Thanks, sis, for coming. Bye. To I'll have fun. I'll try to pop back in if you guys are still in here. I'll okay. try to pop back in later. Okay. Bye, right. everybody. Have fun. So let me go ahead and bring on uh, who's next in line so I could just kind of move. Um, 10 for weekend. I'm going to add you to the stream. Hey, how are you? Hey, guys. I know you're hey. a Game of Thrones fan. You would send me pictures. <laughs> you got a chance to go see the real Iron Oh, my God. oh I, you know what I got? <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a map? She's like, I'm going to show you everything. <laughs> oh, you're not playing. She ain't uh, playing. She got everything. Comic-Con, guys. Comic-Con. That's where you get all this stuff. I know uh, that's I got, right. Uh, uh, that. <laughs> oh, that's dope. Yeah. And as you could see, like it has like the illustrations in it yeah. and stuff like that. I love it. So what was your favorite scene or character, Tim Forrican? I had a few. Um, Hodor, mm -hmm. of course. Hodor! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Um, my old coworker, uh, one Christmas was actually given by one of his friends a Hodor mm. door holder. Mm. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like we were obsessed. Um, like I've I've actually like uh was ready to like fight family members and stuff like when they were talking through it. Like no, <laughs> you cannot talk during Game of Thrones. Get out! Like get the right. Um, yeah. Misande and Grey Worm. Grey Worm was just so badass. I loved him from start yeah. to finish. And I also felt like he was like the most consistent character. You know, like I like with season eight, like a lot of people, I felt like it was rushed. But like yeah. Grey, Grey Worm stayed real from start to finish. Um, I was a big Jon Snow fan too. I loved the Greet. Um, who else? There was there were so many characters that I loved and despised at the same time. Uh, when yeah. Ned Stark died, oh my god! <laughs> like the the red wedding, mm -hmm. I really felt like I should have gotten therapy after that episode. Yeah, the red wedding was crazy because you you just weren't expecting it at all. There's like a, a famous YouTube video that went viral of this girl like going bat, you know what, crazy. Like throwing herself, and she's like, "You gotta do that to the Starks," and it's like throwing herself back and like breaking stuff in her room. It is hilarious. I'm like, "Yeah, that that's that's how I felt." <laughs> so now let me ask you, how did you feel? Because one of my the favorite characters that I ended up liking after the fact was the Hound. Like at first, he like creeped me out, and I didn't really know what his angle was. But by the end of the series, I really did like him. I the only person who ended up liking the Hound. To me, he was misunderstood. Yeah. Like, the way him and his brother, the Mountain, were brought up, mm -hmm. honestly, that would be any <laughs> anybody that grew up the way they grew up, they they would not be right in the head. But the fact that he saved Sansa from getting, uh, you know, the R word, because I know we're mm -hmm. on YouTube, so I can't really say certain words. <laughs> the, right. uh, um, the R word, that kind of showed me that he wasn't just evil. 
you know, as compared to Joffrey, who was a sociopath through and through. Right. <laughs> Joffrey gave John Wayne Gacy vibes, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but it also kind of showed to me, like, the one thing that I love about Game of Thrones is, to me, even though it's fantasy, the way it's written, like, this is our world. Like, nobody is 100% perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, each of us have a dark side. That's what I loved about the show. That I was like, no, this is the realest that you could get on TV. Like, yes, we have magic and dragons and zombies, but it's like, you take that out. Like, nah, this is real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Even because the there's a little bit of everybody there. I mean, you had the thieves and the prostitutes and the, you know, you had people that were so-called lower class, high class, the wildlings. You know, there was like, there was people that you could see in these different characters and people that you know in your everyday life. Yeah. Um, also, Davos was one of my favorite characters. Of course, Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I love Tyrion. But Davos was also one of my favorite characters because even though he was, like, a thief and pirate, his his heart was good. Right. You know? And it just kind of got messed up because everyone that he, like, tried to follow and stuff, it's like, they all kind of let him down. Especially, like, when he was, when he went to the bank and was, like, riding. To me, that reminded me of, like, our top banking people. Like mm. the fact that they pay for these wars in these different areas, like I, I was like, this is us. This is our banking system. This is like how the world is currently run in real life. Yeah, I thought that was dope too when they were meeting with the bankers and how they fund the wars. That did kind of remind me of like the life that we're living right now, where you know you have all these shadowy figures who are behind a lot of these wars. You know, you'll have countries where they claim they can't afford food and the people are starving, but who's bringing them these huge machine guns and grenades and all that stuff because it benefits the people who truly have money? Yeah, but yeah, even even though I cannot stand season eight. Uh-huh. That that battle, like that final battle with the White Walkers and Melisandre, somewhat, you know, um, doing good at the end, but you know, yeah, I still can't forget her. Yeah, uh, I am still traumatized by the way of when she took off that necklace. I'm like, don't ever take it off again, ever. Oh, and she turned into like a hundred and five year old woman. Oh, that was another traumatizing moment for me. <laughs> I'm like, don't ever take it off again. Keep it on. Glue it on. She should have gorilla glued it on. Seriously. <laughs> don't ever take it off again. Uh, but yeah, crazy. like, uh, the one thing that was a big complaint, I don't know if you, um, if you guys remember, is that you couldn't really see the battle. And I get that they were trying to make it realistic, but I'm like, yeah, but we want to see the battle. Like we like if we're seeing zombies coming at us, like you know, we want to kind of see the zombies. Like I get that you're trying to go for it, it was too dark and stuff. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, I loved every single battle. Like they just it, it incredible cinematography. That's all I could say. Just incredible. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely was. It definitely was. Well, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your thoughts on Game of Thrones. I'm gonna go ahead and bring on the next caller. Okay. All right, Tati Latices. Let me go ahead and bring on um, Asia. Hey, Asia. So what was your favorite character episode in Game of Thrones? Yeah, we can hear you. I can't hear you. You can't hear us? Hold on. 
All right, let me try. Let me come back. Um, Rhea, I'm going to go ahead and add you to the stream. Oh, my. <laughs> can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. He kind of took me off guard there. <laughs> no, you're yeah. good. What was your favorite episode or character? Oh, my God. Okay. So my first character, okay, this show came out when I was in middle school. I think I was like 12 years old. Don't ask why I was watching it at 12, but now I'm 19 going on 20 and I'm an adult. So it's kind of crazy how long it's been. But my first favorite character was Daenerys. Then I kind of started reading the books. My next character, my favorite character was Jon Snow and Jamie because I feel like Jamie's come a long way. And uh, I think he has one of the best character arcs in the show. Like one of the best redemption arcs. And I think it's just, it's just perfect. It's perfect. Um, my favorite episode. <laughs> I gotta honestly say that it might be as hard as it was to see Rob, who's also one of my favorite characters, die. Mm-hmm. I think the Red Wedding was one of my favorite episodes. Because I know that in Game of Thrones, it was already established in season one that anybody could die when Ned Stark just got beheaded at the end. But I feel like the show started to gain like its popularity and how its infamy for being the way it is is when Rob died, when the Red Wedding happened. Because <laughs> it just showed that people in this world are crazy and they will do what it takes. So, yeah. I think the red wedding was a lot of people's like moment. Like we were saying yeah. that that's when you knew that shit got real. Yeah, like, that's definitely like the peak of Game of Thrones, I think. I think that's what kind of launched it into becoming well, becoming what it was supposed to, which is one of the greatest TV shows of all time. And for it to be fantasy, that's something that we rarely see a fantasy fantasy show be considered, you know, something that's the greatest in TV history. Right, right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rhea, for calling and sharing that with us. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. Uh-huh. So let me go ahead and bring on, um, let's see here, Apple Juice 87 I'm going to go ahead and add you guys to the stream. Hey, I see you. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> Can so you who's your favorite episode or character in Game of Thrones? Well, our youngest daughter is actually named Arya Stark, or Arya, rather. <laughs> oh, wow. She acts just like Arya Stark, and we actually started watching her, the or watching the series the, the year she was born, which was 2014. So I think they were already in, like, season three at that point. Mm-hmm. And, um... I just want to say, Bran is trash. I put it in the chat already. <laughs> you said Bran? Yes. I didn't he like was... the fact that he became king. Exactly. Yeah. It was like, like, you put us through all this emotional turmoil with him going through all these psychological trials just for him to swoop in after Danny and be like, yeah, y'all, y'all know I'm king. <laughs> like, and he did nothing. And you know what, at first, I think for me, what kind of, like, after a while, Bran just got on my nerves. Like, initially when he was Bran, and he was just, like, that curious kid, he was cool. And then mm-hmm. once he became the Three-Eyed Raven, he's, like, just saying one word replies. The people who yeah. say like, he's trash. The, the fact that he didn't even show emotions, like, 
when people when he saw Sir, uh, Sansa when he first saw her, they hugged her, and he just stood there looking at the stars, <laughs> uh, stars and stuff like, show right. some emotions, make her feel comfortable. Like, yeah. what are you doing? I but like remember her. how he missed his homegirl, the one who was pushing him off through the snow. Like she really yeah. was the purest one in the series. Yeah, they did her cold. And yeah, the way they did her, we were both just like. <laughs> <laughs> I was in tears when Tyrion died. Yeah, I yeah. was I, like shook. Tyrion is my favorite dude too. And I used to, remember that movie Pixels when uh, when he was in there and he had uh, Serena Williams and Martha Stewart in the White House? I haven't <laughs> seen Pixels. Oh, okay, well, there's a part where, like, when he was promised her and they didn't want it, and then later on when he uh, saved the world, they gave it to him, so he had that look. Like, he had a look like... So, <laughs> so when he killed Joffrey, I thought he should have had that same look. <laughs> like, after he poisoned him, he should have backed up like... <laughs> I thought it was messed up how, like, Tyrion got blamed for that, and they knew damn well that he didn't kill Joffrey. Like, they right. didn't know... You know, yeah. everybody knew, but they were still willing to try to kill him anyways. And when yep. he gave that speech while he was on trial, and he was like, the only thing I'm guilty of is being a dwarf, that speech was so moving. Yeah, was. Exactly. And I feel like ultimately that's why he won, because he still became Hand of the King to Bran. And if you really think about it, Hand of the King is like VP. And, like, they're the ones that really handle, like, the tough shit. Like for real, for real. So I think overall, Tyrion won. He's the quiet winner, and nobody yeah. acknowledges it. <laughs> and I'm gonna get his tattoo where it says, "I drink." What is it? I, I drink and I know things. I drink and I know things. <laughs> okay, you gonna get that tatted? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was one of my favorite characters, and I also liked his relationship with um with Varys because at first Varys was another mm -hmm. character that I wasn't really sure of but near the end I really did like him because at the end of the day he stood for the people he's like I don't right. who's the king or queen I'm about the people and he stood in that even though it was like you know it ended up with him getting killed but he stood on that he was so messy though he, he was, was so messy, messy. <laughs> so messy. he was definitely the pillar of tea in game of thrones Yes. <laughs> but yeah, not right. really loved it. But thank you both for calling in. I really appreciate you guys. And thanks for dressing up and doing the grayscale thing. I think that's dope. I was supposed it was to be a the, pleasure. I was supposed to be the big dude that was trying to get in uh Danny Sugar Walls. What was his name? <laughs> uh Arios or whatever. The big the, the British actor dude where she was over there. And Marine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for calling in. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye, y'all. Let me go ahead and bring on um, April. April Jackie. Let me wait till she gets up. Okay, April. Hey, T. What's going on? Nothing. How you doing, sis? I'm doing all right. Just watching you guys. Just chilling out. <laughs> so what was your favorite episode or character on Game of Thrones? 
So my favorite episode, you guys have already said, and when we were talking about the the battle against the White Walkers in season eight, of course, Arya, when she finally kills the White Walker King, mm. and just that, you know, the reaction when we, when, you know, you thought she was not going to make it, because you're like, like you said, you don't know who's going to, you know, live or die on this show. So I was just like, man, if y'all kill Arya, I might just die myself. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Now, with the whole Arya thing, how did you feel? Because I felt like there was some parts that was slow and annoying when she was dealing with the many-faced God. Like, that whole, like, I think that was part of, like, season six. Mm -hmm. All the that they were putting her through, and she kept getting her butt whooped by that girl. Yeah. Like, that whole season was just crazy. How did you feel about that? No, I completely agree. Like, especially when she finally put her training because she was going through a lot. Because remember, they kept sending her on, on a whole bunch of assignments like, hey, we just want you to be this assassin. So when it came down to killing that um, that one woman, I think she was like an actress or something and like a traveling play. She couldn't do it. So you just kind of see like her conscious because remember, she has that whole kill list. Like, I don't give a damn. I'm killing you. You're on my list. Right. So, like, to have her kill that one uh, girl with the blonde hair at the, you know, the end of it, you know, when the lights are out and she, you know, she used her training to really get it done when she had no side. I just thought that was cool. And, and like you said, she said, like, hey, my name is Arya Stark and I'm taking my ass home. I'm done with this. So thanks for the training. You, you made me a killer. Thank you. But I'm going home now. Exactly. Mm -hmm. now, I felt like she really killed her role. And even when I went back to go like try and rewatch certain things, mm -hmm. like just her growth from like the first season to the eighth, I just thought her character development was like just really just amazing because it's like her father always kind of saw something in her. He obviously knew she was not going to be like a princess or a queenly type like Sansa, but she found a whole nother path to get to where she was going in life. And I thought that was really cool. Exactly. So like um, they somebody already said, I think it was in the chat. She's basically her aunt. And, you know, the net stock was really close with his sister. You know, when she she when everybody believed she was, you know, the R word and killed by the um, Targaryens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she he always you can tell in the in the show that he always had that soft spot for Arya because that was his sister, you know, reincarnated. So yeah, that makes yeah. sense. No, definitely. Well, thank you so much for calling in, sis. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right. I know we got a lot of people calling in. Let me go ahead and bring on Lauren N. Lauren, if you want to go ahead and pop in here. Hi, everybody. Hey, Lauren. How are Hi. you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Um, You guys were talking about my favorite character, Aria. I just... When y'all were talking about her, I just really love her throughout the whole series and talking about her character growth. She, in my opinion, is the best character um far as making background moves. Because when she moved in the shadows, when she got stuff done, you didn't know until after the fact. One of my favorite scenes was um when Sansa had became Queen of the North and they had put, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Littlefinger on trial. Mm, yeah. And after mm. that had happened was I was just really surprised and everything. And Aria had wind up being able to just 
completely turn the situation and show his treachery. Because I was just like, girl, girl, Santa, pay attention. He's gonna stab you in the back. He's doing you wrong. You gotta really, you know, watch yourself. Be careful. And the sister was like, I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. And that was just so amazing. And I think part of that season that was just like really interesting with Aria is I think for a moment you didn't know she was going to turn on Sansa. I don't know if you guys got that feeling. Yes, I was so scared. I was like, don't do your daddy told you to stay with your sister. I was so fearful for their sister relationship because they ended off on such a bad thing. note when yeah. before, right before they got separated. And I was just yeah. so scared because that's like when me and my sister, we we're very close and very together. And my sister says she's a big fan. And she said, Hey, sis. Hey, Loyalty sippers. And we're just like, we will watch you. And then we're watching Game of Thrones now. I'm like getting her into it. And I'm rewatching. I'm trying not to spoil it for her. That's why she's not with me. So she won't get spoiled oh, okay. <laughs> But yes, it's like the sister relationship. I was really scared. But when they like mended it together and just like took over the North together, I said, that's real sistership. I just really love that. Yeah. Really yeah. Fun. I feel like at the, I feel like after a while, by the time that Sansa became queen of the North, they were both just like, we went through all this terrible um, just trials and wars. We like life is short. We need to put this beef aside we are grown now. Let's just bond and be a family again because majority of our family is dead. Like it's just us at this point. Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought it was really cool. Their their sister bond as well. Was there anything else you want to add, Lauren? Um, well, everyone keeps talking about how they didn't like Brand. And I'm just like, everyone gotta <laughs> like empathize with him. He he like I was saying in the comment section, he got turned into a literal history book. And you know how our history books, like, if they're written well, they're impartial. They're not biased. And he had mm-hmm. to suffer through that three-eyed raven trend and keep going on and on and watching death on and on. At a certain point, that's like what us now. We see death so much on a news screen, we get de- uh, you know, sensitized. And we're just like, oh, this is what happened? Oh, okay. And then it doesn't, we don't start feeling those real human emotions unless it hit home. Mm, and it didn't yeah. hit home for him because he just kept saying over and over again. Because like with Hodorf, he tries to change the past and it didn't work out and wind up. Um, It worked out successfully, but it harmed someone in the process. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for calling in. Thank I you for having me. It was good talking to you, sis. Thank you. So let me go ahead. Um, trying to get everybody in because I know everybody has stuff to say. Let's go ahead and bring on Elia. Elia, I'm going to go ahead and add you to this stream here. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Great. Yes. So uh, my favorite episodes, um, I just have particular scenes. I loved when Danny got to um, Dragonstone, finally touched Westerosi soil. That was powerful uh, for me. I loved also when the Starks reunited because they had such a terrible like story being separated. And when they finally reunited, it was a really good moment. 
Um, <laughs> my favorite characters were definitely um, Arya. I've, I believe she was so strong and she had just embodied this because, you know, when first looking at it, Wixstanza was a pretty one. You know, she was destined to have this great life, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I loved how they sort of switched the narrative on that. And um, I also loved uh, John, but um, unfortunately, I felt like his story got dropped. <laughs> I, I thought, you know, as him being the chosen one, he was going to be the one to defeat the Night King. And I, I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. I didn't have that happen. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, they dropped the Night King story too, because like no one knew what they wanted or what was going on. So I was like, that was disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's um, true. I love the Hound, of course. You know, in the beginning, it was like he was there for survival. Mm-hmm. But he was there in the background helping like Arya and Sansa through certain situations and uh, certain uh, seasons. And he just turned into this person who you, you, who was like sort of misunderstood, but had a heart in the end. Right. Um, I love that. Um, I just wish Cersei had a more devastating ending. I was kind of sad that she have <laughs> she ended up with someone she loved and whatever that, you know. Yeah, so- <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Yeah. No, it yeah, wasn't. Her ending was like kind of peaceful. Yeah, for the damage that she did, I was kind of pissed off at that. But (laughs) yeah, they almost victimized her. Like you almost kind of felt bad for her. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about about the Hound when he fought with Brianna Tarf to kind of protect Arya? I I felt like, because at that time, we still weren't sure what his intentions were with Arya, right? right. So I, I kind of was wounded mm-hmm. for Brienne to be like, okay, take her away because we're not sure what the Hound's really up to because he was under, you know, he was under Cersei and everyone. He kind of think like he still had allegiances to them. So I was kind of like, okay, Brienne, take her away. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was like a really good battle. I yeah. mean, they were like both the same height, the same size. Brienne was a badass. And then the Hound, he was like one of the, you know, top killers in the show. So that was just like a crazy battle and to have Brienne basically wound him. And Mm -hmm. then to have Arya at the end of it, because I thought, well, maybe she would kill him. But she was Mm -hmm. like, why kill him? I'm just going to leave him here to suffer. And then she just walked off. So I thought that was really interesting how they played that. Right. And I I just wish that because I felt like even Arya went through all this extensive training and nothing happened. She didn't use any face after she returned. I thought she was going to do something. There was a lot of stories about, you know, her using Jamie to get back to Cersei. You know, it was a lot of like things that you're like, okay, those fan stories actually made more sense than what happened. <laughs> so it was yeah. like, you know. <laughs> I did notice one thing in the, the final season that was kind of cool that mm-hmm. kind of resulted back to her training was when, uh, when her and John were first reunited, you know, mm-hmm. John, he's, he's pretty well-versed in battle and stuff, but how he, when him and Arya re- were reunited, he was like, how did you sneak up on me like that? And I didn't hear you. And then right. she just said, well, how are you still alive? Blah, blah, blah. But you notice when it was time for her to kill the night King, that was her advantage. She snuck up on mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. and he didn't yeah. know. Right. I love how they did the full circle too, because remember, John, before he left for the Night's Watch, he also gave Arya a needle. And so right. I loved how they came yeah. back full circle. Yeah. Yeah, that That's was when I started liking John. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John I think he was her even more than Bob Stark did. <laughs> yeah. I think her and John Snow were way closer than even her and Rob. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Arya and John were real cool. Yeah. <laughs> Because well, Sansa would call him her half brother, and Arya's like, "That's not our half brother. That's our right. brother." 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was it was nice to see Sansa like kind of turn it around and mm-hmm. be like, you know, more open and even apologize for how shitty she treated John. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think she kind of just went off of the mother because a mother like Caitlin, I mean, while I did feel bad for her getting killed at the red wedding, I did not like I didn't. treated John. I thought she was nah. for that. She didn't even want him talking to if you guys notice when Bran first had his accident. She didn't even want John talking to Bran. And yeah, it's like, yeah. you can't give his brother, you know what I'm saying, like, goodbye and farewell and, you know, well wishes. Like, what the hell's wrong with her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't finger, like her. Oh, sorry. <laughs> little finger was like, she wasn't too fond of you. And that's when John <laughs> choked him, <laughs> put him up against the wall. <laughs> I was conflicted because I, I kind of understood her position, but I, I was like, okay, come on, give cut him some slack. And then when you found out the story was that she hated him for no reason because at the end he wasn't even Ned Stark's kid. So yeah, it was right. it was crazy. Yeah, she's somewhere looking stupid. <laughs> yeah. I I honestly was happy when the red wedding happened and she died. Oh. Like I, <laughs> I was happy. I was happy because I don't like her. Cause it's like <laughs> To me, I felt like the only kid she really, truly cared about was Bran. And all mm-hmm. the other kids she didn't, like, really care well, much Rob. about. Rob. Rob, yeah, Rob. Rob. <laughs> Rob. Oh, okay, a little bit about Rob, but even then, she still cared more about Bran than anything else. she definitely else. had her favorites in her kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, she did let Jamie go free because she wanted Sansa and Arya back. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but I that- felt like that was more of like, okay, we she needs them so that she can marry them off, and oh, you know, okay. yeah, gotcha. to marry them gotcha. off and um mm-hmm. have more powerful allies and stuff like that. Okay, got you. I guess the P- Catelyn Stark was a POV character in the books, so you actually kind of got to get her point of view on things, right. and um, <laughs> obviously in the books, yeah, she was. She loved her kids. Now, the yeah, show, somebody, the way that it was portrayed was a little different. Um, she somebody said they didn't give a damn about recon. They didn't no, have like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Recon, he was running during the Battle of the Bastards and got shot. I'm like, really? Yeah, <laughs> and then Rickon was cutting the hell up around the beginning. That's why Shaggy Dog was so wild and fucking people up. His dog, his dire wolf was the worst because all this shit was going on and Rickon was too young to understand. And that's why Rob was like, Mom, he needs you. Like, do something. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. That's what got me so mad. It's like, come on now. Yeah, that's a you good have- point. Well, let me go ahead and bring on some other people. So, Elia, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Let me go ahead and bring on, uh, let me see here, Diosa. Let me, oh, I think they're not in here. Oh, I don't know. I think their camera went out or something like that. Let me bring in somebody else. Um, Yay me. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. Oh my gosh. Hi, everyone. Hi, T. I love you. I love you, Miss Jones. Thank you for calling in, sis. Of course. Thank you for having me. So I'm going to start on a high or a low and end on a high because I don't want y'all to hate me. But (laughs) so season eight, hated season eight. And Mm -hmm. it's more so because the 
development, like throughout the whole story, both in the books and the show, the characters have a development. And that's one of the reasons why I grew to love Jamie because he was so trash in the beginning, but he had amazing arc. But then my overall two favorite characters are Arya and Danny. And they did Danny so wrong in season two. The they writers. Did. They like literally, I don't know if you saw it in the chat, but I was talking about it doesn't make any sense at all for Danny to literally like free slaves, avenge children by like putting them in a crucifix. And she literally like locked up her own dragons who she calls her babies to keep other human beings safe. And then right. she like, turn around and literally kill thousands of innocent people and children. Like it makes no sense yeah, at all. It did it add up. Now, another thing that kind of annoyed me with Danny, I don't know if you kind of peeped this, Jamie. Mm -hmm. After a while, I think like by season, I want to say maybe season six-ish, she kind of had like this whole great white hope savior. Right. That right. annoyed yeah. me after a while because it was like, oh, I'm trying to free the slaves and it's about the slaves. And the, and it's just mm -hmm. like, ma'am, just calm the fuck down. Like you're coming through the Marine and you're changing their whole, you know, their whole system around. And we get that. Mm -hmm. But after a while, you know, for her to, like you said, she fought so hard to free people and to be equal and, you right. know, to make good. yeah, she wanted to be like this huge liberator. That's why at first it was like, okay, cool. She's burning down the red end. Cool. She's burning mm -hmm. down you know, certain symbolisms that have to do with the monarchy at King's Landing. But mm -hmm. then when she came to just burning women and men and children, that were innocent who had nothing to do with this war it's almost like well damn who really was danny exactly yeah. but you know what who was danny it was the writers who were trying to get another bag for the star wars show that yeah that's what i kept hearing too that's why they had, had yes. rushed it but i will say i'd uh, um, read george george R. martin was taught i think I think something similar is going to happen in the books. I really do. I don't know if it's going to be after all this backlash, if he's going to mm -hmm. end it the same way. But I think maybe had they put in more time into Danny's like demise, I guess, right. then it would make more sense. But I think something similar is going to happen in the books. I think Danny is going to turn into the Mad Queen. Right, because my friends and I were talking mm -hmm. about this. Like, we could see Danny dying at the end. That's not the problem. It's the way they did it. They painted right. themselves into a corner, yeah. and they made her seem like this crazy, evil person. And like, that's not who Danny is. Mm -mm. But yeah. I will say, one of my most favorite parts of the show was when Theon redeemed himself yes, after he yeah. Sansa. That was like beautiful to me. I like ended up really liking Theon at the end, mm -hmm. and when he saved Bran too. Ultimately, mm -hmm. yeah, he really did redeem himself because. Um, and I, I think just to play the character Theon had to have taken so much work because mm -hmm. in the first two seasons, he was very arrogant and full of himself. And, you know, he was that dude, you know, like all around, even sexually, you know, he was always mm -hmm. at the brothels and stuff like that. And then to go from that to being a shell of himself, it was so hard to watch. You know, because right. he was such a proud person. So to watch him like turn and be a shell of himself because of all the psychological abuse that Ramsey put on him was crazy. And even when he left his sister, you mm -hmm. know, he didn't fight for his sister. Yeah. But yeah, he really did redeem himself. It's like he finally found that old Theon Greyjoy and he made himself, you know, where by the time he died in season eight, you just respected him so much. Exactly. So I definitely grew to like Theon. But the show, it also just left you with so many questions with like the children of the forest and like yeah. spirals and what all that stuff meant. And then if they created the Night King in the series, 
don't you think they would know how to like ultimately destroy him? Like that made no sense to me at all. And it was also, but it was interesting just overall as a story, like the Night King and that being a part of the show. Because to me, I interpreted the children of the forest as like being the earth itself or representation of the earth. Mm. Night King being like essentially man's karma for how we are treating the earth currently when we think of like climate change and pollution. So I'm like, wait. Because ultimately, the forest, they created man, or I'm sorry, they created the Night King because the man or humans, like the first men, were harming the children of the forest and cutting down those trees that they pray to. Mm-hmm. God. God's one. Right. Yeah. So I really thought that that was interesting, but hopefully, I don't know, but the way they finished the book, because that's, I don't think he's done with all of the books yet. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, he's not. Right. So hopefully it'll get addressed more. But I always thought that that was a really interesting storyline, too. Yeah, I wanted to know more about them, because even like their characters, they kind of came out of nowhere. You Mm -hmm. know, like that was for. And it seemed like they definitely have a story, like a bad story to tell, because like you said, they were there before humans even walked the earth. Right. So that was like a really dope analysis where you just said that maybe that was why they created the Night King as punishment. For like, you know, humans not appreciating, you know, the earth and the things that, you know, it does for us. So that makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Well, I don't want to take up too much time. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for calling in, sis. I appreciate it. All right. Y'all have a good night. You too. Um, Let me go ahead and bring on Camille. Camille, go ahead and come on in. (laughs) Let me unmute your microphone. Hi, how are you? Really good. Hi, T. Um, Hi. You look really beautiful. Thank you, sis. Um, Appreciate like, it. Um, um, oh, I just wore my queen shirt because I didn't even know that it, we were going to be a part of uh, the, the party and conversation. But uh, you no, know, I, I love, really love Game of Thrones. And when you started talking about it in your lives, I was like, yes, because just to get your perspective, because I love especially the first uh, six seasons, some last two do feel very rushed and how they were moving from like land to land within the same episode. I'm like, that's not really consistent. I was with how thinking the, show the same thing gone. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like your costume. Uh forgot about uh the lady in the, the red lady. Um but I do agree Oh Melisandra. I do agree that yeah that her taking the necklace off is a no go. Um mm-hmm. Anyways, I just wanted to, I mean, just given this wonderful forum, uh, just mention a few things like, um, oh, um, I wrote it down. Um, the little girl, Mormont, um, how she was just like a little baby boss um, when um, the other commentator was talking about how all the girls were like running things. Remember that little girl? Um, the one who had ended up uh, putting the, the dagger through the giant's eye? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 She was so little. She was a she was a badass. They definitely had a really good representation of women. And uh-huh. I did mention in Instagram this afternoon that Arya is, you know, my favorite. I was riding for Danny the whole time, but I could see they were starting to make her unravel. So I switched side. I switched back up to the, to the Stark side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she okay. The, the little girl's name they're writing in the chat. It was Leanna. Leanna. Laura. Yeah. Le- yeah. She was yeah. named after Leanna Stark. Okay. She was. Yeah. yeah Leanna was Mormon. Mm-hmm. She was dope. She definitely mm-hmm. ran things. That she that took happened. a whole giant out. Yeah, she sure did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was not. Yeah, she she represented her her power that was given. 
Yeah. And also, too, I like Serge or a, um Oh, yeah. Know, even though, you know, and when you like kind of watch it back and then you see where he went and kind of betrayed Danny and then she found out like way later that whole thing. But, you know, he was such a good character and just fought with like his whole being for <laughs> for her. Just, that's what I mean. And I definitely agree with the last um, caller, um, Jaime or whatever her name was. She had a, a very in-depth uh, perspective of the show. But um you know the way they just did Danny was just very hurtful because I feel like I kind of you know supported her watched her rise and just because of a few well I mean you know she went through a lot but just because of whatever yeah. was going on with her and John and blah 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 I don't think you would just get on a dragon and just you know do that but you know uh, it seemed like it was the John thing that broke her the most is finding <laughs> out that he was the true heir that that's when she started snapping that was a one-two punch there. Yeah, yeah. she used to be in turn, you know, getting curbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely liked her relationship with uh, Sergio. You know, and then it's like once they fell off, it's almost like, dang, just forgive them, okay? But I get it. Yeah. He was yeah. with her for like almost 20 years. And then to find out that, you know, he was a spy initially. But, you know, you could clearly tell that over the years he changed. And he was like Team Danny all the way. Oh, yeah, he I loved her. Better. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was like really cool. Were there any other parts that you liked in there? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, gosh, uh, you know, I, I was of course chiming in while you guys were talking, but I also like um the guy from Dorne, the one that got killed by uh, by the monster or whatever. That part was definitely a scream at the TV moment because you just have so much like mm-hmm. love for him and you know, because he was fighting for um for uh, Lord Tyrion, who was awesome. He definitely is a favorite character, you know. Right. Um, yeah. there's, a, there's a few favorites, but um, uh, that was the scream, you know. I, I was I was just loving when you started with, with kind of chime in in the beginning of your life. I'm oh, sorry, my one-year-old. You know he likes to chime in in the background. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's good to, like, actually get to talk about this stuff, about how much I just did not like the way they did the last couple seasons. Um, yeah. And I do wonder how George R.R. Martin feels about that as well. Um, Me too. That's a good yeah. question. And see, that's why I still wanted to do, like, even though I'm, like, years late. But <laughs> I watched it when I could. I got up today. And the best <laughs> part is that there's a whole new chapter starting. So I'm right on time. Yeah. You know, so I can't wait until, like, the new chapters come because then we can have more discussions like this. Just because I think the show, like, um, the other young lady was saying, like, there's so much of the show that resonates, even though it takes place in, like, you know, AD whatever, you know, thousands of years ago, we can still relate so many things that happened way back then, even in this fictional character, um, this fictional story to what's going on in our real world today. And I think that's the yeah. part that's really cool. Oh, ooh, I wanted a couple more things. Okay, mm-hmm. we didn't talk about how um, how Jamie and um, Lady Brienne hooked up, and you kind of really see him come almost full circle, yeah. but then he yeah. went back to his sister. And you're like, hey, you know, <laughs> it was hard. Is just when she started crying. Was I the only one shook? Because like the whole time, yeah. like Brianna only showed emotion. 
Like even right. when Chadwick was trying to be like nice to him, like, you know, just teach me your ways. I want to be a big, you know, fighter. And it's like, she was more annoyed than anything. And so to see her lose her virginity to Jamie, mm. and then you're thinking, okay, mm. this is perfect. Because now we all like Jamie. You know, now Jamie's the homeboy. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, she yes. wants him to get married, have some big old fighter babies together. Yeah. And then when Jamie hops on his horse and goes back to that crazy queen, I said, what the hell is this? I wasn't I knew Jamie. I knew Jamie was gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't. Especially he was that's so in love. love with his that, sister. That was so messy. Yeah. But I uh-huh. thank you for the opportunity, T, and please let me back on Discord. I love you so much. I love thank you too. Thank you so much, sis. Thanks for calling in. All right, let me go ahead. Let's try um Asia again. I hope her microphone is fixed. Come on down, Asia. Can I fix it? Yes, please. yes, okay. Good. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. This is just nice to just, and I'm just like cracking up and reading all the comments in the chat as well. Like, this has just been really awesome. So, what was your favorite scene or character in Game of Thrones? So one thing that I wanted to talk about was, um, did y'all peep kind of the relationship between Arya and um, Lord Tywin? How, yes, yeah. I love that relationship. I loved that. That was so yeah. dope. Like, low-key, like, Tywin was really fucking with Arya. Like, yeah. of course, he didn't know who she was, but mm-hmm. you could just tell, like, he really liked her. And she liked him, too. Like, she knew who, she, who he was, obviously. But, yeah. you know, they kind of had that relationship. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, that yeah. was really. I forget what season that was. What was I think that? like season two. four or something. I think it, it was, was season two. Two was it? Was it, before, was it two? I don't remember. Because it was it was before the red wedding. Because he was. Yeah. He oh, asked yeah. Arya because he was like, "Well, what do you hear about you know Rob Stark?" Yeah. Right. She said he can die. Anyone can die. What was that thing that she said? He was saying something to her. And she was like, have you met many? Like, she said something kind of smart. And oh, he was like, uh, careful, girl. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was like, watch oh, it. Yeah. Watch it. Watch your tongue, yeah, he girl. Was like, watch. <laughs> and I think that scene with him and Arya, it humanized Tywin. Yes. yes. Because we're yeah, so used to seeing him in this leadership role and being so stoic and stern. And I think in that scene, it made him almost like a grandfather. Because I think mm-hmm. he was more almost more sympathetic and kind to her than even his grandchildren. Like He knew his grandchildren yeah. well. I feel up in the head, you know, but I, I really liked his dynamics. So, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. And then, did you hold your breath when Littlefinger came in the room? I was like, oh, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really interesting. I really liked that, um, that little, and it was so small, but I mean, if you pay attention, you know, it was, it was interesting. I feel like it was interesting. I like that part a lot too. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, how do you feel about Arya and Gentry? Gendry, when they eventually oh. up, like to watch their progression? Uh, so it's crazy because when we see Arya for the first time, she's so young, like in season one, yeah. she's a little kid. Right. So to watch her through the years and then see that, like them kind of hook up. It was cringe for me. It was, I liked it because yeah. I mean, she kind of always kind of maybe had a thing for him, but to see. Oh, I always knew. Yeah. <laughs> From f- when, just before, when they parted ways and Aria was like, no, don't like, basically was like, no, don't leave yeah. me. Take me with you or come with me. I knew, I knew they would get together. 
but to see them actually get together it was like aria yeah <laughs> you're still a to us it's like you're still a child but no she's not she's actually more she's grown over the years but it's just like we still see that little girl yeah and so it's kind of hard to watch that plus gentry was hot i'm sorry he was he was hot yeah he's like a young christian bale like okay yeah well, uh, there was a meme that was going around that was like the barithian guy never gets the start girl because you know rob robert barithian was obsessed with liana and she didn't yeah, want him yeah. aria didn't want gentry well she did but, want him but she just didn't want to marry him. Like, yeah but yeah. yeah gentry was cute yeah. he wasn't no john snow but he no was not at all but he, no, was, he wasn't a john snow but he was cute I love me some Jon Snow. Yeah, he, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Jon Snow, okay. That's right. <laughs> Were there any other characters or any other, um, look, somebody wrote, oysters, clam, and cockles. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> the chat yes, is smiling yeah. right now. That was funny. <laughs> You're supposed to poison the thin man? Yes. Oh, oysters, cockles. <laughs> Them braids she had were so cute too. That went towards the front. I'm like, yeah, yeah she was this. so cute. Yeah. yeah, I liked it that part. Like that's probably like one of like the most redeeming parts because that whole season with the many faced gods and yeah. he kept talking to her in riddles. Like yeah. that was so annoying. Yeah, that like, was wow. frustrating. Yeah, oh my god, this goodness. girl is not ready. Like, damn, we're like, ready because we're ready to move on. Yeah, <laughs> I was. It's like, what else she gotta do? She did all this for you. Yes. What else? Right. Right. And remember when he was um what was his name? Jack and Hagar, the dude, uh-huh. the face god dude. Um, what yeah. was he saying to her? He was they were doing some kind of game where it's like she talks about herself, but not really talking about herself. And he was asking her questions, and the hound came up and she was, yeah. she was like, What about the hound? And she was like, I don't like him, like I hate him. And he's he was smacking her every time she would lie. I thought that was interesting because she pretty much told him, like, yeah, I hate the hound. He smacked her like, you're lying. She was like, what? That wasn't a lie. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, she let on that she hated him, but really she didn't. Like, she actually yeah. liked him. So I think that she wanted awesome. to continue to hate him until she got to know him a little better. And yeah. Then, yeah. Like, the human I don't know if it was just me or not, but I always, because, you know, Sansa, she had, like, love she was with people, but it was always like these monsters. But mm-hmm. part of me wanted to see Sansa and the Hound end up together. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really? Yeah, I know they're like, uh, what's the word? Aesthetically, probably aren't the most fitting, but you could tell the Hound always had like a. He did care about her. Yeah, yeah, and remember at the yeah. very end, whenever like she asked him a question, I think she was like, "What's that?" And he's like, "None of your fucking business." And like she just kind of looked at him, and he was like, "I'm sorry." Like, I don't know. He didn't. He didn't get too snippy with Sansa. He had there was yeah. like a level of respect there for her. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. he, he definitely had a little soft spot for her. I also wanted to um, kind of bring up uh, King Joffrey's wedding when he married Queen Marjorie. I started binge watching this the seasons again and um that episode I wonder if it's just me but when Joffrey was doing all that he was doing at that wedding like when he, they had the little um dwarfs come out and like do that play 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. all the stuff that he was saying to Tyrion, like, oh, pour me my wine. And like, he poured the wine on Tyrion's head. Like, all the stuff that he yeah. was doing. Like, did y'all feel like secondhand embarrassment? Because I did. Not for Tyrion, but for Joffrey. Like, he was so childish. Yeah. It it's was like everybody was acting like a And kid. you're waiting for somebody more mature to just like, because he's still a child at the end of the yeah. day. And you're waiting for yeah. his mother, his other uncle, his grandfather to like check him and say, this is enough. And everybody just sat there watching and Because yes. everybody had issues with Tyrion. Yeah, they just sat yeah. there and didn't do that. And you can tell everybody was mad uncomfortable like everyone was sitting there like oh my god yeah like poor santa she was just like let's go and you know some well in the books um that little the other uh the little person that they have was riding the dog or the horse or something okay so he ends up meeting her and they end up Tyrion, while he's you know with Danny or on the run he i don't think in the books he hadn't met Danny yet anyways he ends up hooking up with her and uh that's like his Mm. girlfriend Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was well, Asa, thank you so much for calling in, sis. I thank appreciate you. it. Yes. No problem. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. So let me go ahead and bring on, um, let's see here, Nicole. Let me go ahead and add her to the stream. Okay, Nicole. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? How's everybody? We're doing good. good. We're doing good. Good. <laughs> no, I am a huge, uh, like super, super, super big fan of Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Um, I have read the books as well. And one of the things, like I have a whole list, so I could not. Hello. Felt like she was so. Oh, your phone is breaking up. Yeah, it's breaking up. It's like it's going in and out. I think her phone went out. Okay, we'll come back to her. Let me go ahead and bring on Sarah A. Hey, Sarah. Oh, there you go. Oh, I made it. Hi, how are you? Hi. <laughs> I'm great. How are you? Thank you for letting me come on. Definitely, definitely. So what was your favorite character episode in Game of Thrones? My favorite character is, I have three, Cersei, Arya, and Sansa. Okay. I feel like Cersei was like the best villain. Yeah. But she doesn't yeah. get the credit she deserves for being so smart. Like she just I rocked was with genius. Cersei around the beginning. Cersei was one of my favorite characters around the beginning. Yeah. She did what she had to do mm-hmm. to protect her family, to protect her kids. Yeah. But she's the mastermind pulling all these strings behind the scenes, like her and her dad together. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love Arya. I love how she rides for her family. If that happened to me, I'm riding on everybody. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? The way she um, wrote for her siblings. The way she the took way out the she, phrase. Man, she took out the whole house. The whole house. They deserved it. They were yeah, trash. Yeah, they showed it. Fuck they the phrase. They were trash. Trash. <laughs> trash. Fuck and I love Sansa because, you know, 
she she doesn't get a fair shake. Mm-hmm. She you see her grow so strong over the series. You see her become like a real woman and she makes these these survival moves. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she chooses to stay quiet. She chooses to do what she has to do. She's surrounded by these lunatics like <laughs> everywhere you turn. When her aunt went got pushed down that hole. Oh my god. Lady mhm. Yes. That's when I realized I was like, okay, she's going to make it to the end. <laughs> now, I, one one thing that made me it was something about Liza that made me very uncomfortable. Not just the fact that she was feeding her 10-year-old from her feet. Okay, that was <laughs> You know, and he was like burping and, you know, she's, it's like, dude, he's 10. Get him a cup and tell him to go sit down somewhere. But yes. when Sansa first came, I kind of felt like there was going to be like an underlying jealousy, like the older woman feeling some, because she was so in love with um, Littlefinger. And mm-hmm. Littlefinger was always he, in love with Catelyn. Yeah, right. like I knew it was going to be some type of friction. And when she watched Littlefinger kiss Sansa, it's like that just, you know, pushed her over the edge. You know, and then mm-hmm. she almost killed Sansa, but then Littlefinger, you know, saves her. But yeah, I thought that part with um with Lady Liza was just crazy. And when she finally fell down that moon door, I was here for it. <laughs> that one was bad. She's crazy. <laughs> And, you know, the crazy thing, though, if you really think about it, she's the one who started all these fucking wars because she was the one who poisoned. She poisoned John Aaron. Right. Which Littlefinger talked her into doing it. But she poisoned John Aaron, which in turn made cause the frictions between the Starks and the Lannisters. Mm -hmm. And every Ned got beheaded because he went down there because John Aaron, the hand died like that. She started all that shit. Well, actually, it was Littlefinger, but. I mean, she was the yeah. one who did it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's Crazy interesting bitch. how Littlefinger, from what I've been told about the books, he's never a first-person narrative in the books, but he's really behind a lot of these treacherous, murderous motives. You know what I mean? Right. I enjoyed him as a character. I, I, I really do. He was creepy. Yeah. His voice was kind of creepy, but I really enjoyed him <laughs> because he was, when you think about it, he was a hustler. He, mm-hmm. he came from the, from the bottom mm-hmm. all the way up to the to the master of coin over yeah. the years, and that's not easy to do. And he literally worked with so many different houses. So I and he, like he he had stuff on everybody, and I think that was the reason why yep. he was in the brothels, so he could use the girls to like you know listen to secrets and get these yeah. men in compromising positions because he had just as many eyes around you know just all of these different areas as Varys did. Yeah. He was like there yep. in a more cunning form. Well, when he was younger, um, you know, he was in love. Him and Catelyn and Liza, you know, would all play together and stuff because he lived near them. But he was from a smaller house, and they, um, he was in love with Catelyn, and uh, they always told him, "No, you ain't ever gonna be shit." And mm-hmm. you know, like I said, he came yeah. kind of like Braun. He came from the mud, like he. He hustled his way up to uh, his place of power. So, I mean, you got to give him that, even though yeah. he was a shit starter. <laughs> <laughs> I started watching because you started watching T and you had said something about how interesting it was because I put it off for a long time. I didn't want to watch it. And I binge watched the whole eight seasons in like three weeks. Yeah. And wow. I just got pulled in. It's so good. I was really sad to see it end. And the character development was wonderful. The acting was amazing. Yeah. The storylines, the yeah. writing. It was a great show. 
I was sad to see, but I am glad to hear that there's going to be some spinoffs. I'm excited mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's like the perfect time because I couldn't imagine, like I was telling Emily, like, you know, as far as people who are like fans of the show from the beginning, I couldn't imagine how, how hard that was to wait every year for like the new season. See, me and you were able to kind of binge watch. So we didn't yeah, have to go through the whole anticipation Hello of, oh my hard. God, I got to wait another year, you know, for I the next season. I had to wait a week for an episode. <laughs> yeah, where we just yeah. were like, okay, season but it two, also, season three. <laughs> it also came with, I mean, yeah, that it sucked, but also it was, you had time to digest everything and yeah, think about it and ponder on it. Yeah. And y'all had all this just coming at you at once with like no break. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the it could lot. either which way. Yeah. That it's a first lot. episode, season one, mm-hmm. I was like, what? <laughs> it was crazy. Just from, from the time it started and then you get attached, like I said, to these characters. Then you see the different ones. Did die. I see? So, yeah, we didn't get a chance to, like, digest it, like how the yeah. fans would have had, like, a whole year to digest and talk about it. We're going on to the next season and the next season. So, yeah, it was definitely a crazy ride. I cried yeah, watching uh, Sansa, you know, her, I guess, Thronemen or whatever it's called. When they declared her Queen of the North, when I saw that, like, it, I got so emotional. I started tearing up. Yeah. I don't even know her. This ain't even real, but it made me cry. <laughs> yeah. She's definitely come a long way as far as char- uh, character developments. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate it. I think her screen froze. Yeah, she's frozen. So let me go ahead and bring on um, Naisha. I know it's getting out late. (laughs) We've been out here for almost three hours. This has been just a wonderful discussion. I'm loving it. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I want to cosplay too, but I had to work, so I didn't have time to throw anything all together. (laughs) Girl, I went through the same thing. (laughs) So what was your favorite episode of character? Oh, gosh. That's... Such so many episodes to pick from. Um, well, everyone already kind of touched on a lot of my favorite episodes, but I would probably say one of my favorite ones would be um, when Sam goes home to his family and kind of stands up for himself. Mm-hmm. With that Billy. was a good one. Yeah, that was a really good one. Um, and then he stole the sword. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he stole the sword. Yeah. Um. Oh gosh, favorite character. Uh, of course, Arya's a favorite, and um, Tyrion's a favorite. Um, I'm trying to think, is there a favorite character that no one has already mentioned that I liked? What about Thurman, the wildling with the red hair? Tormund, I, I love him. Yeah, <laughs> I love We're the wildlings just in general. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I a lot of the wildlings. I feel like if I lived in that generation, I'd be a wildling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right, B. Because they don't really want to be ruled by anybody, which is, you know, understandable. And they kind of did their own thing. Were, were you freaked out at all by the things, the ones that were eating people? I thought they were like so, such creepy characters. Yeah. The. Mm. Yeah, and they, like, all the scars on their foreheads and stuff. I thought they were like super creepy. And then there was like another um 
who's like another just off-brand character? We talked about Osha. She was mm-hmm. the other wildling that was with Recon. I liked it her. She grew on me. I like I liked it John's um his relationship with his uh, I can't remember her name, but the wildling lady. I liked I thought that was cute. You talking about yeah. 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 I like it. And they're they're together in real life. They just had a baby. They are? Yeah, they just had a baby. I thought that was so cute. I was like, oh, that's actually his wife. Oh my God. Yeah, they're actually married. Somebody in the chat says they love the Giants. I did too. Yeah, I like that Giant. The one that. Other people talking about they like John. I thought John's character was really good. And yeah. his character development was yeah. like really good. He was another one too that was a hustler. Yeah, you know, he, he was. was. He and then he worked his way all the way up. So I thought his character, I liked him a lot. Oh, yeah. um, what's his name? The guy uh, that ended up being the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch after John that died at the Battle of Winterfell? What was I see his, name? his name. I know who you're talking I see his face. I liked him too, though, because he rode hard for John. Yeah. He did. Yeah. yeah. And the wildlings did too. He did. So yeah, there was quite a few people, you know, who like really a lot of like, you know, I guess you want to call them micro characters that mm-hmm. really the show in together. Is that what was I'm one here. of the things I loved about season eight, though, was that you got to see all of these characters kind of come together, like seeing yeah. like Jamie and Tyrion's reaction to Tormund, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought it was so cute. Tormund's crush on Brienne. That was so funny. Yeah, right. Like comedic relief, but just seeing them all come together the night before the battle and how they all interacted together. Um, like I've said, I really like Davos. I thought he was cool. Mm-hmm. He was so like just chill and diplomatic, but you know, he didn't somebody, fuck with Alessandra. Uh, somebody said his name was Ed. So Ed was the guy Ed. from the next walk. From yeah, the next uh, yeah. And, yeah. And then they talked about Pip. Um, also, um, Benjen. Even though he was small, Uncle Benjen, he kind of saved the day twice. And oh, he yeah. sacrificed himself. Yeah. So I did yeah. like him as well. Yeah, he saved himself for um, John. He sacrificed himself and uh, for Bran. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, this has been just like a wonderful discussion. Um, so I wanted to, so thank you so much, Na- Naisha, for calling mm-hmm. in. I really appreciate it. So oh, before we <laughs> I wanted to kind of get in on the part um where the characters and how like a lot of times in these roles, we talked, I talked about it the other day on my live stream, how a lot of these roles for people, they really get immersed in this. And one thing just kind of finding out more about the real people behind the characters, I found out that a lot of them went through a lot, had to get counseling because like I said before, when you're taking on an acting role, you're taking on the persona of somebody that's not you. Regardless if it's a good character or a bad character, that's not your essence or being. You're literally emptying yourself out as a vessel and you're allowing this character to come into you. And Emily was telling me and she had sent me a video of where um, Kit Harrington, who plays Jon Snow, 
where on the last day of filming, like he broke down crying and he was yeah. a lot. So if you want to kind of talk about how he had to go and get counseling, because this is somebody who started this character, like I believe in his early 20s. And this show lasted about 10 years. So he's been playing Jon Snow for years. And Jon Snow is not the most <laughs> bubbly character. Like, let's keep it real. <laughs> he's very melancholy. He's been through a lot. You know, you can tell he just has a lot of worry and a lot of things going on in his brain. Yeah, he's very so, emo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very yeah. So he went through a lot playing this character. And that, I think that's part of the reason why he doesn't really do social media. Mm. And he it, it got yeah. so real for him that, if, like we just said, he ended up marrying Egrette, who was the wildling girl in season three that he lost his virginity to. They got married shortly after that, and they just had their baby like a week a week or two ago. You know, so, yeah, if you want to touch on that part with Jon Snow. Well, um, one thing about Kit Harrington, I don't know if a lot of people know or, lot, uh, know or not, but he actually – I'm trying to get my camera. So um, Kit Harrington comes from, like, royal blood over in Europe. I, I can't remember the exact lineage, but – he, he's not just like your average everyday guy. Like he grew up very privileged and um, is very prestigious over there. So, uh, you know, he's very educated. Um, but like you had said, he's a very sensitive soul. Um, and there had been many interviews where, you know, they would he would talk about interactions with fans and they're like, Oh, are you Jon Snow? And, uh, he would kind of get sad after, especially after the show ended. Cause he's kind of like, well, not anymore. But then even before he'd be like, well, yeah, kind like he, he just said it, they were kind of like the same person at that mm-hmm. point. Like they, he was Jon Snow. Jon Snow was him. And, um, especially filming for so long, and as in-depth and detailed of a character as he is, because he kind of became the star of the show. And also think of, like, all the pain he went through. All the women that he loved, he had to kill. He had to kill yeah. Danny. He had to kill you. Well, he didn't kill Ygritte, but it... He had to leave her. Yeah, yeah, he had to leave her and then, you know, hold her in her arms as she was dying. He had to make so many tough decisions as a leader. And you notice in the show... Um, when he was having a conversation with uh, another guy um, that I liked was uh, Don Darian, the Don, from the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the drunk, but the other one with the eye patch. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. he told him, you know, well, what the Lord of the Light didn't tell me what he wanted with me, and he said that because you know he had been brought back a lot too. But he's like, you and I are not going to find much happiness in life. We're here to protect people. Mm-hmm. Like Don was there. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, you know, protector of the realm. And um, I guess maybe just interpreting all of that whenever the show ended, too. One, he said he felt a lot of guilt just because he scored this role of a lifetime and he felt very undeserving. But then whenever the show ended, he broke down crying when he they wrapped his final scene because he's mm-hmm. like, I know I'll never do anything as great as this. Um, and then uh, what was the other one? The table read when he found out that he was going to kill Danny. He broke down mm-hmm. crying like he's very emotional, but uh, it took a, a big toll on him. A lot of things through that show because he was so invested in that character. Yeah, I can I can see yeah. that, you know, on all of them. And what I was thinking, too, like 
you know, he ended up dealing with a lot. He had a lot of demons that he had to battle from being on Game of Thrones, like alcoholism and things like that. And like people are saying, you know, especially if you're an empath, you can definitely absorb a lot more in. But when you think about roles like um, Joffrey, I think the only redeeming quality of Joffrey was when I was watching the director's cut. And they're saying the young man that yeah. him is probably one of the most sweetest young men that, yeah. you know, he was hard yeah. you know, always there, you know, knew his lines, worked hard. And so when he got killed off, that was very hard for the cast because it's like this. These are people that you've been around with, you know, been around for months at a time every yeah. day, you know, for months. Um, for like the past four or five years. So it was like really hard when he, you know, got killed, not so much because of his character, but him as a person. So I guess it makes you really think like, you know, did these actors end up seeking counseling or figuring out ways to come out of these characters? Because Joffrey was really hated in real life. I mean, there yeah. were people, there yeah. are people don't know how to separate the character from the and real that, person. That's just insane. Like, I get the actor. That is. I get the actor yeah. having trouble, you know, but like me as just a consumer, if I ever ran into the actor, I, I don't know what they'd be doing around here, but we'll just say, and I <laughs> see them, like, fuck you, you piece of shit. Like, obviously I know that's a character he's playing and he did yeah. a damn good job being, they said, I read that he had issues um, getting roles now. Well, they said yeah. he quit acting. The people in the chat are talking about it. He quit yeah, acting after that acting. because it was just, it was too much. And people don't know how to separate the character and they think he's evil and, you know, a brat. And it's like, no, he just played the hell out of the character. And I think yeah. that, that's another thing I really enjoyed about the show is that literally everybody in the show could act. I can't yeah. really name one bad actor in the show. You know, from Arya to Sansa to Tywin to Tyrion to Cersei, like they really embodied these roles and they brought these characters to life. And even like, you know, uh, Ramsey Bolton, a.k.a. Ramsey Snow, that was such a sadistic character that I really hope he exercised those damn demons out of here. Yeah. I'm Google him after. I'm have to Google him. It's insane. I seen him on Instagram and it was kind of creepy looking at him because it's like, all I see. He's kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. You Ooh, know, but it's like, I really hope he got some counseling for that because that was such yeah. a dark role for him to play. And a lot of people had these whole I hate Ramsey fan clubs. His and girlfriend. His girlfriend was the one I couldn't stand. That oh, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, when she Theon kind of, yeah. threw her over, and she was like, Theon, no. I was like, throw that bitch over. I was, yeah. I was so happy. I was here for that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. there was definitely like a lot um, to the characters. And I know even um, the lady, what is that? Is that Amelia that plays? Um, Amelia Clark. Yeah. yeah. She, was yeah. she went through a lot too, playing that role. Yeah. She actually was dealing with a uh, a chronic illness season one and two to where like she was having seizures. She had a lot of issues with her brain where she was like in the hospital. I think it's called Shari, but um, she's a big advocate. Mm-hmm. She has a lot of um, like charities and stuff like that to help people um, that have brain issues. But she literally was having problems with her brain and she was still like toughing it out. You know, mm-hmm. coming through yeah. and delivering like these um, amazing scenes and stuff like that. But yeah, she was, uh, her health was at a, a really bad decline to where she was 
not only worried like, oh my God, am I going to die? But like, am I going to blow this opportunity? But she, she thugged yeah. it out and she did really good. I love Amelia Clark. She's one of my favorite actresses. Yeah, she she definitely yeah. played that role. You know, like I said, season eight made me side eye her, but you know, she definitely bought her all. You know, and and a lot of it too is that they had no idea which way the story was going to go until they went until they were at the table reads. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Watching that table read when they when she was crying, uh, Kit Harrington was crying after he found out he was going to have to kill her. So yeah. a lot of this stuff was a shock to them, just like it mm-hmm. was to us, the viewers watching the show, which I thought was really interesting, you know, um, that they kind of all found out what was going to happen to each character. Because I know you were even saying that even with Sansa, after Theon died and they yelled cut, she couldn't stop crying. Yeah, like they, she couldn't quit crying. Like she couldn't cut it off. Like she couldn't stop the emotion. Yeah. And um, another thing with Amelia Clark is so funny, like if because I follow her on social media um, and just watch her interviews and stuff like that. And she really is just a really like quirky, goofy girl. So it's so funny to see how her real personality is, I guess, you know, just what you mm-hmm. see in your interviews to like how she played the shit out of this character, because mm-hmm. none of that, you know, the goofiness mm-hmm. and all that seems to be represented through Danny, you know, like she doesn't have this quirky sense of humor. Danny doesn't really seem to have much of a sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely interesting yeah. seeing them like on their social medias. Like I ran across um the girl who plays uh the woman, excuse me, that plays uh Missandre and mm-hmm. Grey Worm, mm-hmm. their social media and he's like a I don't know, he does like rock and roll music and you know he's what? Just, yeah, he like plays music. He's like in a band. The where they'd be dancing Offset, and they're just, what was that that one show yeah. at night? I think of you. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Him and um, yeah, yeah. I think him and Masunday and um, Danny were all real. You know, they got real cool in real life. Yeah. And I know what's his name? Um, the guy who plays Aquaman. Uh, what's his yeah. name? Um, I don't. Know. I his name. Uh. <sighs> They said it was he. He was the one who brought the damn Starbucks cup. You know the whole Starbucks <laughs> gate. That they, oh, that was in that was in one of the scenes. Yeah, they said it was his. <laughs> but he did show. He did show up for the you know some of the filming or whatever. But uh, you know he like he would have pictures of him and his wife and Danny, and he'd be like, "My queens," and I know if I was his wife. Oh, I'd be like, you're Bitch. talking about Jason. Momo. Jason, okay. yeah. He was in one season and people just, he was a star of the show for them. I, the whole yeah, I, I think he played a lot that character. <laughs> oh, he did. Yeah, I liked him as he did. I and I love the relationship, that. how they just, they fell in love, you know? She like, yeah. he was such a hard character and he really fell in love with her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think I think overall the show was dope because we're yes, been out here for three hours. We're gonna really log out already ten thirty. But I think the show was just yeah. was really dope all the way around. Um, like I said at the beginning of this, the writing, the cinematography, mm-hmm. you know, the actors, just everything that they put into this show says a lot. Like now I get the hype because before I was just like I didn't yeah. get it. Like what is the hype? But once you really sit down and watch it, it makes you appreciate it. And it kind of reminds me of the stuff that we grew up on, you know, like 
the yeah. the the originality of it, you know, reminds me of those shows from like the eighties and the nineties where you have to sit and really pay close attention to yeah. what was being shown. You know, whereas like a lot of the stuff they make nowadays is more reality based. Yeah. You can do yeah. and watch. Like you don't have to pay attention because you kind of know what the storyline is going to bring you. But with something like this, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen next. So you're literally stuck, you know, glued to the television, watching this. And you're, you know, going into these worlds and you're really, you know, becoming attached to these characters and going through these ranges of emotions. And a lot of shows don't do that. So just, you know, yeah. respect to them. And I'm so ready for this prequel. Like now that I'm all the way caught up, I cannot wait till the prequel <laughs> start and everything else. So this has just been like a really good show this evening. A really good story. <laughs> we had a lot of people come through and thank you to everybody who called in and thank you ladies. Um, I appreciate your help. And I know Noir left earlier, but thank you guys so much for just helping host with me. So I think oh, it, yeah, was it was so fun. much fun. It was fun. Yeah. I'm going to need Rejoice to get up off John, though. She says she needs his ass whooped one time. She ain't letting it go. He, <laughs> no, he needs to, okay? Somebody needs to do it, okay? He's just that dude. He just, folks, try no, him. No, okay, but somebody oh, needs it was to dope. hand it to him. I'm trying to think who did. did there, if, like, I'm trying to think of when. I mean, John did get his ass whooped a few times. So that thin. Okay, but. Not I don't mean groups. I don't mean groups. I mean one person. Who, one could, do, who do you think could do it though? Who you think could do it? Maybe Brienne or the Hound. But I don't yeah, know. Brienne. Yeah. I mean I would want to see Brienne and John go head to head. I want to see John yeah. and Carl Drago. Now that'd be dope. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. But yeah, they'd especially after Carl Drago death. found out that he killed his bitch. Oh no, it's over with. That'd be interesting. It's up. <laughs> yeah, he, he, John might get it. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, you guys, thank you guys so much for joining the Game of Thrones discussion. I hope you guys had a good time. I, I saw so many comments in the yeah. chat. Like they were like really. I mean, there was a lot of Game of Thrones fans in the chat, so I'm really happy to see that. So I was talking about the pullout because earlier they said their pullout games weak. <laughs> oh, they was in the chat earlier. Had me. Cracking up with all the everything else. It was like all there was like a whole series of bastards in like every single country. It was insane. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, you guys. Oh yeah, and thank you to anybody who sent the super chat. Um, I didn't really get a chance to read them, but I'll go back and read them once the stream is over. But I really appreciate y'all for coming through. So it is now officially ten thirty. So I'm getting ready to shut this down. So thank you guys once again, and thank you ladies for joining me as well. No problem. Thank you for having me. No problem. It. it was fun. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Was fun. Uh -huh. I can't yeah, wait to be back for the prequel. That's right. Definitely. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye.